Yo, Einstein, take it upstairs. You can't detail a car with the cover on. Get that right. You all right? Am I all right? It's just a question. You can have any brew you want, as long as it's a Corona. That's Vincey, so enjoy it. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Welcome to Furious Ears Only, the uh, new, well, I guess not, it's not really new, but the first episode of Furious Ears Only, where we were going to go through the Fast and the Furious movies a couple at a time. Rewatches for me, but a first watch for the member of my uh, Furious family who's here to join me. Uh, this time, he has never seen these movies. He was the James Bond expert on the last iteration of this podcast, but this time he's the newbie coming in to give all of his takes. Mac Johnson. Hello. Hey, bro. Yeah. Uh, that, that sounds like a... That's that my Paul Walker impression. Oh, uh, yeah. Just very bland and yeah. uh, <laughs> b- uh, cardboardy. Um, sorry. To the to late great Paul Yikes. Walker. He he Yikes. improves. He improves. Just immediately. Just <laughs> laying into Paul Walker right away. <laughs> well, you know, he, nowhere to go but up after the okay. first movie. Um, <laughs> arguably got better in the second movie. We'll see if you agree. I. Uh, you want me to tell you now? Yeah. Because, yes, think? I agree. All right. Good. Uh well, uh, Mac Johnson, that name sounds like a serial killer name. Is that what you are? Oh, I for- wait, hold on. Remind me of that line. I know I heard that. Uh, that was it? when, uh, that was when. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. The beginning. Uh, yes. That's what, yes. uh, wait, he says Brian, Brian O'Connor. And he's like, that sounds like, oh, so, yeah, that's real name. Brian O'Connor is actually his real name, but he goes by. Uh, that's right. Brian something else. I think it starts with an L. S. All right. I thought I was going to say an S. Yeah. Uh, did I write it down? Um, no, I just I watched this down. movie. I should know yes. this. But no, his his actual name is Brian O'Connor. For yes. Me. They did he, the three names, which like yeah. a three name, that's not a serial killer. That's a assassin because mm-hmm. assassins always get three names. Yeah. So that's true. I'm going to take issue with the script on that point. Oh, man. Uh, well, if that's your only issue with the script. Everything uh, else is gold. Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about The Fast and the Furious, the first movie that set off the Furious franchise, The Family. Uh, of cars and fun, uh, very macho people. And then we'll also talk about Too Fast, Too Furious, which, believe it or not, is the second movie in the series. Makes uh, sense. We, yeah. We were planning on also talking about Tokyo Drift, but uh, we're going to drift that one to the next podcast and probably we'll do Tokyo Drift and and Fast and Furious in the next episode. So That's when that the title like, naming conventions just go really off the rails. Yeah, I was like, thinking about it. Yeah, do you think – I mean – I guess it's too fast, too furious right away. They're just like, okay, we're going to do something. Just makes at least it's silly, but at least it makes sense. You're like, okay, there's a couple twos in there. I bet this is the second one. Mm -hmm. And then the third one, it's like they're doing the mission impossible thing where they're going to like shift to the, like the subtitle style, like, you know, ghost protocol style. Right. And then for the fourth one, they're just like, fuck it. We're going to name it the same as the first movie, but with no thes. Yeah. That's true. Fast and Furious. Uh, I remember when that came out. I, I didn't become a big fan of this franchise until the fifth one. And yeah. I remember when I saw the poster for Fast and Furious, I was so confused. It's confusing. Like, didn't that already come out? Yes. Uh, it's confusing because if you Google Fast and Furious, you're going you're gonna to get it's multiple results. Terrible for SEO. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not good for SEO. Mate, do you um, think they did it because like, and I know like I have a little background in these movies. Is it because that's when the original cast is coming back and they want it to be like a throwback to the first, the first movie. And so they just give it a similar title. 
Um, yeah, I think that, and I think it's also supposed to be just representative of how they're feeling at the time. Like they are both fast uh-huh. and furious, but they're not, they're not a team yet. They're not the fast and the furious like they right. are in the first one. I think I know, we can get into this more, I guess, but like Sarah and I were, were de- like not debating it, but like just discussing it yesterday because they, and after that, they like go back and forth between whether they're going to use fast or furious in the title. Sometimes mm-hmm. they use both. Sometimes they use one. And I'm excited to find out if it, if that's like plot related if at all. Thematic. Yeah. Like, you'll have to, the fifth you'll have one to just me. about speed in the, <laughs> the seventh one is all about anger. Like, so would you say that fa- the fast and the furious is equally balanced between being both fast and furious? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a good mixture of both. Everyone's angry in the first movie all the time. Mm hmm. Like, no, there's no, there's no, like, I didn't get a family vibe except for, you know, when they're eating chicken outside the one time. Everything else is everyone's mad at everyone the entire movie. Um, I don't know. Brian doesn't seem like he's that mad. No, 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 not, no. Brian is a super chill guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone in the Toretto family, like yeah. at their party, they're always just like, they don't seem to like each other. No, um, that's true. Yeah. And people who are listening to this podcast uh, said, Mac, you haven't heard this, but I opened up this podcast with a clip from that uh, from that party. So I couldn't decide what I wanted to use as the opener clip. So I did pull the audio the line about the Corona's. It is the line about the Corona's that you can have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona. It's a Corona. Why couldn't he get him a new beer? Did he have to steal the other guy's beer? Yeah. uh, The fact that he gives him a Corona. And yeah. then it's somebody else's crown. Somebody else their lips on. He wipes it. Or... He wipes it off. But yeah. we don't do that anymore. I don't think. You so. could get Corona from that Corona yeah. at this point. Like, okay, so quick correction. Uh, I had seen the first movie before, so mm-hmm. like my experience with these movies was, I'd seen the first movie in college. Probably. When did it come out? Two thousand one, right? Two thousand one, yeah. So I two thousand one and two thousand three. Yeah. Okay. So I probably saw the first one in 2002. It was my freshman year in college and I had a roommate who was into like racing. And so Mm -hmm. he showed it to me and our other roommate. And I realized watching it the other day that I remembered almost none of it. Like (laughs) it's, it's like this movie was erased from my mind. I remember (laughs) the last scene and some of the early scenes, but like almost nothing else. So it's, it's kind of like I hadn't seen it before. Uh, and I have seen, I think, part of the climax of the fifth one. Okay. So, um, yeah, and I think I remember you talking to me about the fifth one. But we'll pretend like that. We'll try to erase yeah. that from your memory as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, this is going to be a little bit different than our uh, for, for Your Ears Only podcast where we went through all the James Bond movies, which if you're a fan of the James Bond movies, we did, I think, six podcasts uh, going through all of those. Those were – we did a couple more movies than just these two that we're doing tonight, but – uh, Mac is a total James Bond expert. Mac knew everything without even watching the movies, like the back of his hand. Oh, shucks. I do not know the Fast and Furious franchise that well. I've seen all of the recent ones multiple times. Uh, but the early ones, this is a chance for me to revisit those before uh, Fast 9 comes out in late June. So uh, the first two Fast and Furious movies I've seen maybe twice, um, but not in a while. And... These weren't quite erased from my memory, and obviously I know the context from the rest of the series, but um, it I didn't remember a lot of this. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to have the expert level of knowledge that Mac had for the James Bond movies, but it'll be fun because Mac will be discovering uh, everything beyond The Fast and the Furious completely fresh and uh, can see how the series changes and evolves. Um, but 
you know, this was your this was your rewatch of this movie, although you said you didn't remember any of it. Yeah, it's it's that's a that's a that's a loose term, loose use of that term. But yeah, uh, I mean, I will say, like, the thing I always think about with the Fast and the Furious for the first movie as we get into that is this really is just kind of a remake of Point Break. Yes. Yeah, uh, for sure. Even down to Paul Walker is basically doing a Keanu Reeves impression. So um, you, that's exact. So I was talking about this with my coworker today because I, I told him we were doing this mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, my God, why? But um, <laughs> uh, what we kind of came up with was that at least in these first two movies, and I know he gets better, um, it's it's like he he is embodying what Keanu Reeves rep is, right? So Keanu Reeves has a reputation for being kind of the wooden surfer dude, like kind of uh, Johnny Utah. Yeah. Johnny Utah. And, and it, it's a, I think it's a bad rap for Keanu cause he's been really good in plenty of movies. He's been that wooden dude. Like if you've seen Dracula, like, yeah, that's not his wheelhouse, but like, if you've seen speed or, you know, even like the matrix or John wick, like he's got, he can do stuff really well too. Like, mm-hmm. um, but it, that kind of cliche of Keanu acting is what Paul Walker really is doing in this movie. And, and like you said, like I, I watched point break probably uh, it's just a few months ago. Like it was, you know, it's, it's hard to tell like time wise now, but like, right. yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's been within the last like five months I watched it and I hadn't seen it before. I had only seen like, you know, I it's it was on cable constantly as a kid. So I'd seen a lot of it, but I'd never just sat down and watched it all the way through. And I did that a few months ago. So it's very fresh in my mind. And it is like like a very close remake of Point Break and not even that long after Point Break came out, like mm-hmm. just a few years. Yeah. But like, do you feel like um, Paul Walker's character is as much of a villain as Patrick Swayze's character is in Point Break. Because in, Pat, in or Vin Point Diesel. Break, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Dominic Toretto, yeah, Vin Diesel's yeah. character. No, not at all. No, like and he's that's... more endearing, especially as, you know, I know kind of what his arc is in yeah. this series. That it's interesting, too, just watching this. Um, you know, at the time when this came out, you were in college when this came out. I was still in high school when the Fast and the Furious came out. Yeah. And it embodies so, so much I. of yeah, the like, first one I was in high school. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I so saw it. It, it embodies so much of early high school or, you know, high school culture to it's me. Like 2001. Yeah. It is like the music, the, the music, the cars. I, I think like. You know, the the stereo systems in the car, too, are just like the things that you would walk in, walk around Best Buy and it would be like the yeah. really expensive stereo system they'd have at Best Buy that would have like the screen that pops out. Even the um, the graphics over the end credits mm-hmm. are just a, a straight up Photoshop filter from <laughs> that was the year I started learning Photoshop and mm-hmm. which is what I do for my job now. And that's that's when I started learning Photoshop and it's it was just a straight filter that everyone was using back then, like to do these like kind of neon-y type outline looks on on things like, you know, like cars. And when you when I saw it, it was like, oh, my God, this is 11th grade Photoshop class. <laughs> and it, it's all they did. it's not even like really in, like they're kind of sliding across the screen, but it's not really a motion graphic. And I'm like, they spent fifty dollars on this <laughs> on this credit sequence. Yeah. Um, well, you know, they got to keep you engaged because there's an end credit scene. There's a post credit scene in this. There movie. is. I was well, surprised. I just happened to still have the movie on because I was walking around my living room. And yeah, we got to hear about the quarter mile again. 
Yeah, it, it, it really isn't much. It's just, and I I did not realize there was a post credit scene in this movie. I know there is starting in Tokyo Drift. And um, I know what that one is, unfortunately, because yeah. I think you've talked to me about it like years ago. And it's, um, it's uh, yeah, I mean, without saying too much, it's, it's very much like basically um, if Samuel Jackson showed up at the end of Tokyo Drift. Right. And I know there's like a like a time warp aspect to it later. Um, yeah, you'll 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 understand a little bit more. The timeline gets screwy with Tokyo Drift. So uh, don't try to date when those cars are. Yeah. Uh, or cell phones or anything yeah, like, no, yeah, no, 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 the technology. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, this movie totally ahead of its time in terms of having the post credit scene <laughs> and, you know, the way that it kicks off a franchise um, oh. that is going to it's going to span for, you know, 2001, 20 years of this franchise has now been going. And I mean, who would have guessed? I do not think that this I don't think it's anywhere close to stopping. I think they've signed deals like, to at least do through 10. And they yeah. did they did the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff recently. So, um, you know, I think this is like the big universal cinematic universe that they have. Which is, it's so, it's so crazy because who would have thought with the first movie that there would like, I know it was a big hit, but like, you know, the idea of even getting one sequel to a movie like that was rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in high school and I guess early college, I had a, a running gag with my friend Jamie, who, you know, uh, where we like, it was after Too Fast, Too Furious came out, I guess, cause that was, so that would have been early college, but uh, just the idea that they made a sequel called Too Fast, Too Furious, we thought was really funny. And our running gag was that what if they made more of these movies? And so we would come up with more titles like Three Fast, Three Furious, Three. And it like we 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 had little plots for it, like, oh, it was gonna star his like 1987 Dodge Aries that he drove. And like it, the the main crux of the joke was just the like ridiculous idea that they would keep making those movies, and then that mm-hmm. actually happened. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like it, I feel like we've, we've kind of been a little hard on the Fast and Furious, but I love this series. And, yeah. You know, and I, um, I'm even Too Fast, Too Furious, which, yeah, even Too Fast, Too Furious, which going in was my lowest ranked of the movies. And, you know, I have my ranking and I will, I will give my ranking at the end of this between these two. And, um, mm-hmm. Mac, obviously you will too. Um, but I like Too Fast, Too Furious much more than I remembered. I thought it was, it's like a terrible movie, but I had so much fun watching it. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you there. Um, going, can we go back to Point Break for a second? Yes, definitely. Be, um, because like uh, you were talking about Patrick Swayze's character being more of a villain, which I think is true, and that's a reason I like Point Break. Like, I mean, I like Point Break significantly more than Fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better. Um, it's a better movie. And I, I was not like I wasn't a huge Point Break fan, but like, it's the way it handles the they, they have the same plot outline, right? But the mm-hmm. way that outline is handled, I like better in Point Break because you've got you've got more of the struggle of, you know, Johnny Utah as, you know, lawman versus outlaw. Like what is like where is his allegiance? And you've got uh, the charismatic pull of of Swayze's character and you kind of feel him being pulled into it. And there's the progression of him not wanting to believe that it's these guys that are doing the crimes. And like, mm-hmm. he has like the, um, the clues start to mount up and the evidence is there. And he has to finally, like when there's that, there's that final scene or not, it's not a final scene, but it's a, it's the final scene in terms of like him coming to like realize that where he's chasing him and he does like the, the lay on his back and shoot his gun in the air because he can't like handle the fact that his man crush is the villain. And it's, there's no uh, equivalent scene in fast and furious. There's no scene where, at least that I remember where Brian has to like 
come to terms with the fact that the guy that he is now like legitimately friends with is the guy he's chasing. Right. They do have that a little bit, but it's just not as well developed. It's, so there is the scene in the FBI office yeah. where they talk to him about that. And then the end of the movie, he does let uh, Toretto go. He does. He, he gives him, him the go. car. And so it's similar. I mean, he's not shooting the gun up in the air, but it's it's basically the same thing where he's letting him go. He um, lets him go there, but that's in like earlier in the movie. Because mm-hmm. that's like that's when he finally is like, you know, having to like deal with that fact. But it in in Fast and Furious, that realization scene, like you said, is in the FBI office and it's just the the cops going like, yeah, it's Toretto. It's always been Toretto. You're you're blinded by his his sister, you know, so like uh, there's it's not as big of a moment. Right. As silly as Keanu shooting his gun in the air <laughs> is like. That, the, was the, in a, that scene's in Hot Fuzz as well. It is. That was that's the, why the I saw that between... Hot Fuzz before I ever saw it in the actual movie. So. Oh, really? Yeah, because we did, on the Movie Ladder podcast last year, we did Point Break, and then we did Hot Fuzz, and we're watching Hot Fuzz, and they see that scene, we're like, oh, I guess we're doing Point Break Actually, next week. Yeah. Yeah. Better than going to watch Bad Boys 2. Yes. Um, but it's, I, so that kind of stuff, and I like the fact that Swayze's more villainous, and so because it gives him a little bit more, like, there's a little bit more of that, um, I guess, uh, uncertainty for Johnny Utah there because, like, he knows he's a bad guy, right? Mm. Whereas, like, I mean, Dominic Toretto is stealing DVDs or DVD players. <laughs> DVD players. Dude, DVD. I mean, he and probably in the DVDs opening too. scene, in the opening scene, it was tiny TVs with VCRs built in, <laughs> like, probably like five hundred dollars worth of merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> It's so I mean, that's like one of the things that's so great. And it's it's obviously was not intended to be funny at the time, but it's so it just it makes this movie so much more endearing because as I know, like what and what they end up like the plots of five, six, seven, eight, nine. uh, I guess I don't know nine yet, but like that, like this started with them stealing DVD players. And there is a little bit more to it than just stealing DVD players that I had forgotten about that. There's the whole plot line with the truckers who are going to be vigilantes and take things into their own hands. Um, So, and it's, you you know, you'll have to let me know if you've ever seen the original, the fast and the furious from the fifties. I haven't. Um, Roger Corman made that. I was looking into it today. Um, They had to license the name from him. Uh, Is so is that movie a Western because no, it's a racing movie. It's a okay. car racing movie. Oh, so okay. Because my thought was that I could see a we- like it being a there being a western about a gang of of robbers who are hijacking different stagecoaches and and things like that. And the stagecoach drivers are taking things into their own hands. And I wondered if maybe the Fast and the Furious had a similar plot line, and that's where they got that from. And this was like a credit to that older uh, movie. I but don't like. Maybe I don't. Not. I don't think it was like a literal. I, I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but what I read on Wikipedia about 20 minutes ago was that they originally titled the first movie Redline, mm. and then at some point along the line, they they decided they wanted Fast and Furious. They realized it was already another movie's title, and so they licensed it from Corman, mm-hmm. who is still alive, Roger Corman, 95 years old, which is oh, wow. pretty crazy. Um, yeah, um, but no, I have not seen that. Ta- the You mentioned the Vigilante Truckers, and somehow, I guess... 
uh, I was watching it with Sarah and she had mit- missed the fact that where they mentioned, cause they do mention that like the truckers are going to start taking matters into their own hands, you know? Right. And she was really put off by the like suddenly aggro <laughs> truckers with their shotguns. Like, wait, why does he have a gun with them? Like, yeah, I can't imagine being that dedicated to my job that I'm like, I'm going to yeah. start shooting would, these. Like, just, I would just give them not the drive a truck players. today. Right. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. Just, Hey, take the DVD players. Yeah. Um, it's so I think it's weird the way that they handle that the Dominic Toretto villain stuff in this movie because he's yeah. really not a villain and the movie is so afraid to make him do anything villainous. Yeah. Um, like even so I was rewatching when they're chasing Lance and Johnny Tran at the end of the movie and um, and Brian does shoot one of them and kill yeah. I would imagine kills one of them but you know maybe they'll be back I I, I remember noticing and be like holy shit like yeah, yeah. he yeah. actually kills him but Toretto is just chasing him trying to evade him and then the guy the other guy I don't know if it's Lance or if it's Tran goes flying off into like the middle of the road and crashes his motorcycle but it's you know Toretto's not actually responsible for that right. Toretto didn't do anything Toretto didn't actually shoot him or or do anything to him I mean, even the the backstory they give him of the dude that like he like beat almost to death, they immediately go back and give him like an excuse for doing a that. A reason you know? why, right? right. Exactly. Like they they want everything that Toretto does to be, and you know, I do think that that's, they don't want to make him actually a villain. They just right. Want to and I think it would have been. I mean, obviously, it would be harder to do the sequels where he's the hero, but like for this movie in particular, it makes it less interesting because there's not as much gray area. It's just like. You know, it's yeah, he's a he's, he's a thief of uh, of electronics. Um, and do they do they ever really and I've seen this movie multiple times that I couldn't tell you they ever really tell you why he's stealing the DVD players and TVs? Is it just to fund his racing hobby? I guess I don't. Yeah. Do they even talk about it? Like maybe he's just a movie buff. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of TVs. Right. <laughs> yes. He wants to, I mean, really like I remember we used to go on road trips as a kid and we would put one of those TVs with the VCR yeah. in the back of my mom's minivan yep. we did and hook thing. it up to the cigarette lighter. Um, so, yeah. you know, he could have done that in his cars. Yeah. You're right. We would do little, we did little marathons. Like we would have the little TV. It mm-hmm. didn't have the VCR built in. So we had it sitting on top of a separate VCR. Oh, wow. And then, uh, I had a shoebox that I could fit like 10 tapes into and I would have to like decide what 10 movies I wanted to bring with me. So we would do like marathons. I know we, we would do like die hard, uh, when there were only three die hard movies or vacation when there were only four vacation movies. Um, those are classics, but Oh man. Yeah. Oh, trip. You didn't job. have to worry about skipping. I wonder, is there, could a DVD player skip if you're in the car and you're sure. going over like bumps? Yeah. I mean, you could yeah. skip if you tap on it. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, VHS isn't going to do that. No. Mm-mm. Right. Um, yeah, but they, they really don't show – I mean they have the opening scene of the truck being robbed, but you don't know who's robbing the truck at the time. Right. And then they have the truck robbery gone bad at the end of the movie. But that's yeah. you know, unlike Point Break where we see you know, five or six bank robberies during that yeah. movie. We only see the two robberies. So it's, it's the robbery is just kind of like a subplot really just thrown in to give yeah. this movie some sort of story. And they are very explicit in Point Break that they are doing it to fund their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Because that's their whole thing is they travel the globe in search of, you know, that perfect, perfect wave. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, and there's also like, if you compare the endings, they, in both instances, uh, the hero lets the villain get away. But in Fast and Furious, it's he lets him get away to go rob DVD players another day. Like in 
point break, he's he's letting him go kill himself. Like, and mm-hmm. he knows that he's going to go die. Um, right. So it's it, there's a little bit of a like. It, so it's he's not like he's letting him get away. It's he's letting him go out on his own terms, basically. So there's kind of a there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and in, in another world, we probably get two point two break, right? Where we, oh, yeah. we get the next story about Johnny Utah going to Miami to, you know, be with his friend and and you know, get into some other shenanigans. I'd watch so, that. Yeah. Um, instead, we just got Point Break sequel or Point Break remake. Remake. Who was in that? Was Gerard Butler? For some reason, I feel like Gerard Butler was in that. I, yeah, I don't know. I never saw that. I might be making Butler. that up. It looked very bad. Um, maybe someday that just comes under the umbrella of Fast and Furious and one of the sequels. Is, they just fold it all in to yeah, the universe. Exactly. Yep. That, that'll that be the post credits of, of Fast and Furious 9 is... Mm-hmm is Johnny Utah showing up and recruiting <laughs> the entire family. Like an old Johnny Utah? Like a... Um, yeah, present-day Johnny Utah. Yeah, like Keanu Reeves shows up. That would yeah. be great. Or Gary Busey. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just Gary Busey's character from Point Break. Isn't Gary Busey dead, though, or not? Gary Busey is alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Gary Busey. I mean, yeah, he's... He's... <laughs> he's uh, he's not what he once was, but uh, but he's still, he's still kicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so another thing that we get in the Fast and Furious movies, there's there's some things what I what I like about this first one uh, more than the plot, the lack of plot, I guess, is that we do get these elements that will play in for other movies. Um, and one of those is the uh, cameo appearance of some random rapper who was popular at the time. Yes. Um, so we get Ja Rule in this ja one, Rule. and we're going to get Ludacris in the next one. Who both seem very very small. Like they're I don't small. like, they're, like they look they look tiny in both movies. I don't know. That's that, that's the impression I had. Particularly, Ja Rule looks like a very small person. But yeah, I, I think don't. Ja Rule is very short. Yeah, uh, his voice does not match his height. No, no, <laughs> it's it's great. Um, yeah. And I I did read that they offered they wanted uh, Ja Rule for the sequel, and John Singleton said they offered him half a million dollars, which he only got paid fifteen thousand for the first movie. They offered him half a million for the second movie, and he said no because he wanted more money. So they said, "Sorry, we're going to get ludicrous." Mm-hmm. Oh man, um, yeah. Because between the two movies, it's really just Brian O'Connor and mm-hmm. then the FBI agent who yep. are the two uh, the two crossover characters in both movies. Right. So um, I think it works better to have Ludacris there instead of having John. Yeah, have it was upgrade too. He's more likable. I feel like Ludacris yeah. is more likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I do love like that first that first race scene where, you know, we cut to Roland by Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Uh, oh, my, uh, yeah. Which really they I mean, talk about bringing me back to 2000. Yeah. Setting the uh, setting the time. Yeah. There. And uh, and we just get some of the worst dialogue ever where they they walk up to Brian. Or they ask him if it's his car. They say, is this your car? And he says, I'm standing next I'm to standing it. Standing next to it. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> OK, there's there's so many lines like that where. It's like it's like a bad line delivered badly mm-hmm. where it, it's like a double whammy of I don't know what they were going for here. And I don't, I don't know. Like it's like Paul Walker. And this is a Paul Walker. We you know we like Paul Walker on this podcast, but yeah, I'm from Paul Walker in general. In this, in this movie, especially it's like, how did he get a job as an actor? I mean, I guess it's just because he's a young, attractive looking guy. And nothing is delivered with any intonation. It's all just delivered the exact same monotone level. And he does have a very 
California surfer dude accent. Like he sounds like he grew up on the beach Mm -hmm. and it, the, the main thing that, that always struck me in any of these scenes was his like complete lack of any edge whatsoever. And it's, it's like hard to like imagine or buy him it living in any sort of like outlaw subculture or like, uh, you know, underground, type setting like he's and not in both movies he's on un- he's undercover so like he's right. supposed to be it's, he's supposed to be like it's the like the narkiest looking dude of all time and yeah. in in the second one he's even like he's even legitimately like got the outlaw cred but he still acts like a guy who doesn't belong where wherever he's at you know mm-hmm. and he's he's trying to be he's he's high-fiving everybody he's talking to everybody all buddy buddy and i'm like you don't seem to belong here oh you're like uh, you're like Vince. You don't, you don't buy this guy at all. Vince, yeah. Vince, the member of of Toretto's gang. So, um, who would you say? Vince uh, with his mesh tank top. Yes, Vince. Vince with the mesh tank top. What about um, who else should we talk about? So, I mean, you know, we talked about Toretto. We talked about Vince. Yeah. Um, what about Jesse? What are your thoughts Je- on Jesse? Uh, Jesse deserved what he got. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, uh, gone he, too soon. He freaked out. He drove off for no reason. Like, yeah. like you can look, you can steal a bunch of DVD players and buy your dad's car back. Like it's, <laughs> it, it was, I don't know. It was a weird little plot point of him disappearing from the movie. And, uh, he's got some endearing qualities early on. Um, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine that he's not continuing in the series. I actually really like Jesse. I I don't know what it is about him. I think it was that he he you know his big character moment is that he announces that he has attention deficit disorder. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and he just for no reason called. at all. Yeah. yeah. Um. You need to talk to Sarah then because she is very pro Jesse and and it was almost like Poochie on Itchy and Scratchy because <laughs> every time Jesse wasn't on the screen, Sarah was asking, "Where's Jesse?" And I'm like, "Why do you care about Jesse so much? Like, what is it?" Like, and she just, she was worried about him was the thing. She just yeah, was worried well, about for good reason. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, that's actually the second time Poochie has come up on a podcast that, uh, well, I guess I'm technically <laughs> listening to this podcast. Um, Jesse had to go back to his home planet. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't remember what they, what, I don't remember what it was. Some other movie or TV show they they compared a character to Poochie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I also like in this movie, we do hear a Ludacris song in the background and knowing that Ludacris was going to show up in the second yes. one, I was like, oh, that's and it actually was the song that ends uh, Too Fast, Too Furious and right. has the line Too Fast, Too Furious too in fast, it. Too Fast, Too Furious. And yeah. I didn't realize they I guess they, you know, they took it from that. But like I always I, I only knew that song in the context of that moving having already been out, the sequel being out. So I right. didn't realize the song was that. actually out before yeah, that it's a chicken egg situation. Mm-hmm. But we have the answer. Yeah. It's like we know which one was first. It's the song. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the, just in general, like the racing scenes in this movie? In the first movie, yeah. I'm not a fan, honestly. Yeah. Like, so it, I, I think I've mentioned this in the Bond pod, podcast, but like, I, I do, I like action movies. I like adventure movies. I like movies that have car chases, but a lot of times I kind of mentally check out during car chases, unless they're doing something really interesting or unless they're done really well. I don't know what it is, but like I kind of glaze over a lot of the times during a car chase. And that was happening to me. Like most of the time in the first movie, like, and when it wasn't happening, it was because they were doing something super cheesy. 
like mm-hmm. like like zooming through the engine parts and things yes. or like yep. yeah. or zooming from one face to another face who's in a whole different car and doing like the the big like speed ramp to that person like those like kind of the cheesy gimmicky things so it's not like i was engaged because i was caring what happened in the car chase um the i'd say like the the climactic stuff you know they they had some really cool stunt work and everything but it i just wasn't that into it yeah are you I am not really a car person at all. So when they talk about anything technically about a car, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, what, what kind of gas goes in it and where do I take it to get the oil changed? Yeah. But does that stuff resonate at all with you or do you, is it just kind of like not particular? Gibber, I mean, I, I drive a Subaru Outback. Like I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not a gearhead. Uh, I, uh, I like cars and I like, I admire cars in a way. Right. And like, there's, you know, I'm, I, I'm a designer. So I like, I like, cool looking cars mm-hmm. but um i'm not someone who could like talk shop about you know uh like the inner workings of a car like yeah. I, there's an engine i know that and it's got wheels <laughs> and um and I, I i fixed a lot of things on my own car but that's because i have my phone playing you like a youtube video telling me exactly what to do right next to it um so it's yeah. not something that, it's like, never worth excited. it yeah. It's, it's never worth it for me to try to fix anything on my own car. I'm going to screw it up and I'm going to end up costing myself more money and aggravation. I'll just take it somewhere to get fixed. Uh, I always just convince myself I could do it. Um, but it's uh, it, it usually works out. But uh, yeah, I'm no I'm no Dominic Toretto. I'm no Jesse even. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jesse's really good. Jesse's Jesse probably the smartest. Really of the, yeah, you're no Vince. Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, put me at Vince level. My my friend Jeff was watching these movies and he texted me while he was watching and he said his favorite part is when they're already driving over 100 miles an hour and they shift to a higher gear. And he's like, what yeah. possible gear could they be what shifting to? Yeah. to? And then they hit the Nas and suddenly they're in hyperspace. Like they yeah. do a zoom and it's like literally <laughs> the hyperdrive from Star Wars where everything is going past them. Yeah. I do like that in this, they kind of set up that you want to hit nods at the right time, though. Like, if you hit it too yeah. early, you're not going fast enough that you're not getting the maximum amount of the of the nods. So, yeah. you know, it's not just, like, this uh, cheat code that you can hit. Like, you actually have to be strategic with it. Yeah, you get it once. I mean, it's the same with my Subaru. I only use it when, like, I'm, I'm like, rounding the last corner into the my mm-hmm. residential neighborhood, and then I hit it. But Yeah. Um, but, and I, I mean, I, I think that they they dumb down enough of the stuff that as I was watching, I was like, all right, I get kind of what they're talking about yeah. um, when it comes to the cars. And yeah, I think, I don't think the car chases in this are that exciting. Um, unless like you said, they're doing something like when they're chasing at the end and they're shooting. Um, but what it does feel like as I'm watching this movie, I feel like I'm watching a PlayStation one game. Maybe yeah. play, I can't remember. If it was, I think it was PlayStation. PlayStation one. two was, was coming out the year this came out. So yeah, like, uh, I feel like this is, I don't know if it's Need for Speed or Gran Turismo, um, like one of those games where you're driving and mm-hmm. you, you like you you have a racing game and then you like collect money and you can upgrade like your spoiler. That's or... a, yeah, I, I would, I would say you're talking Gran Turismo, which I was, I did enjoy. I played that for, I played Gran Turismo 3 for PlayStation 2 in 2001. So right there in this, uh, in this era, mm-hmm. I was, I was driving a, uh, was it a Mitsubishi Lancer in that game? I think, which would be right at home in the Fast universe. Yeah, at least uh, of these first two movies. Right. No, I think it is funny too. Like the cars that they trick out. Like Jesse's driving a Jetta, which was a the Jetta. car I yeah. drove in high school. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and it's, like I don't think of that as like when I was driving my four cylinder Jetta, I wasn't like, oh man, this car, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this thing to the the track and and yep. use this. Yeah, uh, staple a spoiler onto it. Well, that's what we were we mentioned this briefly before we started recording, I think. But I found an article about that Jetta going up for auction, and I don't I don't know if there's no update on how much it went for, but apparently, uh, yeah, they they sold it. Frankie Muniz owned it. Um, it has a built-in PlayStation Two. It says so. That's that's perfectly uh, era yes. appropriate. Oh, that's really good. It has built-in PlayStation Two. So I wonder if that's with you know they got to steal the PlayStation Two. Got to steal got to steal the TVs. Yep. You play Gran Turismo Three on it. Yep. You buy the Jetta in Gran Turismo Three and you race it while sitting in your actual Jetta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet you that they made this movie. You know off of the first Gran Turismo was popular. And I'm sure that yeah. had something to do with this movie getting made. I mean, yeah, that, was, I do think there were, there were people in high school that were really into tricking out their cars or, you know, uh, revving their engines at stoplights. And sure. Plenty of people like in my high school were into that. And, um, uh, I did read uh, again on Wikipedia that it was, I think it was Rob Cohen. It might've been Neil Moritz, the producer, but I think it was Rob Cohen had read. It was an article in vibe magazine. It said called racer X and it was all about underground, um, street racing culture in New York. And, and that's what got the movie greenlit. Yeah. And that makes sense. It does seem like they were like, okay, we got to make a movie about street racing and they needed some sort of story. And they're like, well, why don't we make it about a cop? Just take point break. Yeah. Who's trying to infiltrate a, a group of street racers. Yeah. And it also said that um, their first choice, I guess, well, I guess Paul Walker said was the first choice for for Brian um, because he had just starred in Rob Cohen's movie The Skulls. Um, I never saw then, The Skulls. Never saw The Skulls either, but uh, I know it starred Charlie Conway. Um, mm. Then they also had uh, as their first choice for Dominic Toretto. Did you see who that was? I did actually, as I was looking up before this podcast, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant, yeah, as and like I thought. What a about different it, world that is if Timothy Oliphant. What is, an incredibly uh, different world. Thomas Toretto. That's probably. I mean, we're probably not getting a, a nine movie franchise if he was the lead. I mean, I what I what struck me was like, why wouldn't he be up for Brian? Like he because mm-hmm. he seems like he could play that role a little better because Oliphant can do edgy if he needs to. He can. He can play a cop, but he can play like a because he's done it many times. But he mm-hmm. can play like a somebody who's got like a little bit of an outlaw edge to him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the reason they picked Paul Walker in this movie is because he had a street racing or some sort of racing background to begin with. He was a racer. Um, because I mean, sadly, the way that that Paul Walker died was because basically doing what. Uh, what Brian would be doing in this movie where he, right. dri- he was driving his car erratically and like a hundred miles an hour and crashed, which made it really like it made it very strange watching the movie now, like watching all those scenes or like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or having them talk about it. Like, or when, when, when Dom is talking about how his dad died and you know, like, this is kind of what's going to happen to Paul Walker. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely strange, but you know at least he gets his time to shine in these movies. Yeah, um, and I mean he's you know through two movies he's in more movies than Vin Diesel is as well. So yeah, you know, I I don't I mean they definitely did not have some overall plan. They did not know they were going to be going to nine movies or anything like that. But it does seem like the they're just kind of trying different things with these first few. Right. Where the first one is you know 
it's really Toretto's movie, but also about Brian. It's kind of about, you know, I guess it's about yeah. both of them. And the second one, they just stay with Brian and there's no right. Toretto at all in it. Um, and, and that's why, I was, you know, I was, I was hoping that, you know, we would be able to get to the third one for this also, but like, cause I know that that one has like a whole different cast, right? So you've got right. like three movies that are doing three different things and they're trying to figure out, it's almost like they're, like you said, they're trying to figure out what this series is. And then in the fourth one, I guess they kind of, decide to go go the direction a little bit that the first one was and yeah i mean it basically the fourth one they decided to bring people like you said yeah. they want to bring everybody back um i believe that there was a decent break between i think i think three is like 2003 2000 well two fast two furious is 2003 um let's see tokyo i Drift, mean I went tokyo. it's was. been what 10 years no 20 years i'm sorry 20 years and 10 movies right so like they're still averaging like a movie every other year right or nine yeah. movies actually so it wasn't that big of a break so 2000 tokyo drift was 2006 um and fast and furious was 2009 mm-hmm. and now they're basically on like an every other year try right. um so it wasn't as actually as big of a, a layoff as you would think but i think that tokyo drift and fast and furious will be actually a good pairing for the next podcast because okay. there's there's a lot i mean they're very different movies, but um, it's it's kind of a good natural breaking point. So it worked out well to do these two and then um, those two and then probably we'll do five and six together. Yeah. It'll and give then, us a little break before they start to get good, like really good. Right. right? Like, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, like the thing with these is um, actually what I, it's not the best comparison, but it's almost like the MCU with these movies. Yeah. If the MCU didn't have Iron Man. So if the MCU started with like the first Thor. Yeah. And then went to Incredible Hulk. That's kind of what the Fast and the Furious and uh, Too Fast, Too Furious are. Except okay. um, maybe that's not actually true after rewatching Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's not like the MCU was that great to start outside of Iron Man. Like they, they had a couple clunkers. Right. Iron Man 2 was not great. Thor's yeah. okay. Captain America, I think, is pretty good. Um, yeah, Captain but... America 1 is really good, I think. And, you know, with Avengers, they get they get everything figured out as well. Yes. Um, but they just came out of the shoot with such a good movie. Um, and you know, fast and furious is just in no way, uh, Iron Man, obviously. Yeah. But should we, uh, uh, should we talk at all about some of the other cast members of the first movie? Like we've got, we got Jordana Brewster, we've got, um, Michelle Rodriguez, we haven't touched on at all. Like, cause I, I, I think they're both coming back, right? I know Michelle Rodriguez is coming back. Um, yeah. um, Michelle Rodriguez has to go into lost and just be the worst character in TV history. <laughs> Anna Lucia. I Michelle Rodriguez is very ruined for me because of the Anna because Lucia. of Lost. I have not yeah. seen Lost. Um, she she's just oh yeah. I don't I, just like it's kind of the way we talk about you know we talk about like Paul Walker gives a very strange performance. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez and everything she's in gives this very strange performance that's just like so grating to me. Yeah. Uh, I just I I struggle with anything she's she in. doesn't really have anything to do in the first movie. No, she's just she's she's just Dorado's girlfriend. She's there to be his girlfriend. Yeah, um, I mean we do find out a little. You know we do get some good backstory on her that she, her and Toretto were friends since they were really young kids. And yeah, she's like the neighborhood girl. Um, and you know I think they have I actually think they have decent chemistry together the two of them. But mm-hmm. she's yeah she's not doing much. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jordana Brewster gets a little bit more to do, I guess, but still doesn't like have that much going on except being like the thing that's drawing Brian in, I guess. And mm-hmm. and making she, him tuna sandwiches. Making it. Yeah, that's true. She does make a mean tuna sandwich. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and she runs the Toretto General Store, which uh, I forgot existed. <laughs> but I, I, I do actually I, have like I the family. I remember business. them having like a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, which is why it was funny to me when uh, later on after like a race, the police, everyone's scattered after a race and Dom is walking down the street and the police spot him and they yell into their megaphone, Toretto, stop. And he starts sprinting away. And that's when Brian picks him up and kind of proves his loyalty, right? And gets right. him back to the house. But like, you're running from the cops. They know exactly who you are. They mm-hmm. said your name. You have a restaurant with yes. your name on it. It's called Toretto. It's like, they know where to find you. You're just making things worse for yourself. Right now. I did. I was glad at least that the cops stopped and tried to pull him over because and he's just like walking down the street. He's the only person walking down the street after this Empty big race street. that they busted. And they're just yeah. like, the cops just drive right past him. It's like, oh yeah, nothing to see here. Like yeah. this guy isn't anything. Um, yeah. Uh, what did you think about the, uh, so we get, you know, the whole family together at the end for the grace scene. And yeah, uh, yeah you don't know, take the first piece of chicken, I guess. Yes. Yeah, sitting, sitting outside. Yeah. If you try to take the first piece, it's, it's like that game that you play. Uh, I've never played it, but I've heard about it where if you go out to dinner with a whole bunch of people, everybody puts their phone in the middle of the table. Oh, and yeah, the first whoever, person to yeah. reach for their phone is the one who has to pay the whole mm-hmm. bill. Mm-hmm. It might be a fun thing to do. First, first big dinner out after COVID. With your yeah. Friends. I mean, I feel like I'm, yeah, the first time I'm out like with other people, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know if it's going to be like that. I don't want to look at my phone the whole time because I'm going to be so interested to in talking to real people. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm gonna be so tied to my phone because it's all I've been staring at for a year that that's all that's my only friend. Yeah, exactly. I think it's probably I think it's probably the latter there. Yeah. Um, uh, fun fact I saw earlier. Uh, speaking of the 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 female characters, um, it said Jordana Brewster, um, Michelle Rodriguez, and Devin Aoki in the second movie. None of them had driver's licenses when they were cast in the movie and did not know how to drive. Mm. So they had to be taught how to drive cars for the movie. Yeah, I don't know. Um how much I mean, i'm sure they use a lot of stunt drivers but i wonder how much of the driving happens by the actual crew there is a very obvious stunt man uh it there's one shot in the final like heist um of the first movie where it's paul walker where he's standing on the side of the car and he's trying to go help vince who's like hanging from the truck right and it cuts to like what appears to be a middle-aged balding man um <laughs> With I mean, balding with blonde hair, but oh, um, still, it was like it was it was the one time I really noticed the obvious stuntman. But um, I didn't notice that. But what I did notice, and it's a complaint a lot of people have for bad action movies that yeah. I actually don't actually pick up on very often. But it's just the amount of cutting that it makes it very hard to follow what's going on in the action. Oh yeah, and especially in the first fight, I think when Vince is beating up uh, Brian outside the restaurant it's like cut 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 and yep. nothing there's just like no cohesion at all and it's very hard to tell what's going on and it i haven't had a movie that's really taken me out from the cutting like that uh before that i can really remember well that's funny because that's the clip i sent you the other day from the new mortal Kombat movie that's like the the clip that uh was in that tweet i sent the other day was like because of that reason, it's it's the, like the first fight between Sub-Zero and Scorpion and it's doing mm-hmm. all this weird cutting where like it's close in on them and they're fighting and then suddenly it cuts back out beyond the trees and it's swirling around them. And it's why did you do that? Like, yeah. is it just to keep things moving is it just to make it feel like it's like high energy? I guess. But I think it's also just people not necessarily realizing that, like, you're building a story with your edits, right? Like, mm-hmm. and they should be intentional, even if like. 
you want it to be a little high, like high energy. You want it to be erratic in a way. It should still um, be sensical. And that was, you know, we talked about that being a problem with Quantum of Solace in the Bond podcasts, right? right. Like where there would be straight, like just shots of people walking down the hall, then cutting to a weird wide shot of them walking down the hall in, in, in a way that doesn't have any kind of progression to it and kind of like makes you go, huh? Things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, the, it, it's it's interesting. It's, I think editing is something I, unless it's very jarring, I just don't notice okay. that much of editing. Um, but, you know, as we'd move into Too Fast, Too Furious, there's at least one or two scenes in that movie where it's just like, reaction shot reaction shot reaction like it just keeps cutting from people's faces and doesn't yeah. hold anything for longer than like it's when they're talking to when they're getting briefed by the customs agents right and it's just like so it reminds me of that that famous clip from uh bohemian rhapsody where they're all sitting around the table and oh it's like the 25 cuts yeah it, yeah in like 10 seconds and mm. there's like a clear green screen background around everyone uh, yeah yeah real quick before we fully move on to too fast um the what did you think of the climax of the first movie with like the truck? Uh, yes, I'm glad you brought that up. I, so I actually thought that was really well done. Okay. Um, I know we were just complaining about the, yeah. the action, but I think the way that they're uh, like, I, I love it. It's something that happens a lot in this franchise is where we get the car that goes kind of sideways under a truck yeah. to the other side of the truck. I, and that was actually Letty Michelle Rodriguez's character who did that. Um, also but, on Christmas Vacation. Oh, did they? Do? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, second, that's where they, second that's vacation where they first did it. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, that and that's exactly what Sarah said as soon as she ha- it happened. She's like, just like Christmas vacation, like, <laughs> yep. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, I do not think that's something I would ever want to try. Um, <laughs> no, it's terrifying. <laughs> it very scary. Uh, it, but yeah, I I actually really liked that. I mean, even if it didn't make a ton of sense, what was going on? I liked just the suspense it's, that was built up in there. And when Vince is hanging off the side of the truck and the driver starts shooting there's some cool stunt work. Yeah. Um, I just didn't understand why the truck driver is still driving. <laughs> like, why didn't he just stop? Like, because this car is alongside him. People are trying to jump onto his truck. Just tap your brakes, man. They'll go flying past you. Like it's well, and honestly, I think it's like what I liked about it too, is having watched a bunch of Westerns this year, it yeah. does remind me of like in stagecoach. A stagecoach or, scene. Yeah. yeah. Like yep, the, sure. the people driving on that are trying to hijack the truck. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And Vince is just randomly Vince is the one who's going to be holding onto the side. Um, yeah. and, and then it gives, it gives Brian the reason that he has to sacrifice everything by revealing that he's a cop right. um, to get Vince some medical attention. So yeah, well, and I, I yeah. think I, so I wrote, I'm not sure which scene it was, but I wrote down that there was no score during the big chase. And I think yeah. it was that scene that there's no score going on during it. Ooh, Which is an interesting choice specifically, but yeah, that is interesting. Um, there, the the opening heist as well has something that just I, when you're talking about the cars zooming under the truck, it made me think of which is the cars like the truck is freaking out. It it's got like it's surrounded by Honda Civics, mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit, I'm trapped. Yeah, like no, you're not. They're they're Honda Civics. Like if you're going to be shooting a shotgun at them and trying to kill them. All you have to do is just bump them a little bit and they're gone. They're off the road. Like we've seen what happens when the trucks hit the cars. Like Mm -hmm. you're not trapped. Like you're fine. You're fine. You're you're in the big office. Yeah. Yeah. That that opening scene is just so jarring to me because you have no, like they set it up and it's supposed to be mysterious. Like who is robbing this truck, but they just don't 
they needed one more scene of them robbing the truck where you know yeah. it's them and they successfully do it. Right. I think when you get the one where you don't know who it is and then the last one, there's nothing in between to yeah. like you just need one more. And it's only it's an hour and 45 minute movie. So they could have had like one more 10 minute scene or something mm-hmm. in there. Like it would have been fine to be just under two hours. Um, yeah, it's, that's true. It's, it's kind of, it's almost like an afterthought, like that, you know, the, it's not baked into the plot that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that is just made me very like speaking of suspense is the as and it happened again in Too Fast Too Furious is the not looking at the road when you're driving 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, please look at the road. Somebody could pull out and the road. obviously what happens any to Toretto. Yeah, that he wrecks his car because he's not looking at the road and yeah. the car pulls out in front of him after they um, they race against the train, which that, that I like that. That was cool. That was cool. Mm-hmm. So that's a it's a cool shot. I like the as they're like flying in front of the tracks and the train goes right behind yes. them. Yeah, that that's a classic Fast and Furious. I feel like that's like a shot you always see in like highlight clips from this movie. Yeah, or also like I think it was in. Um, I remember when you would like first buy DVDs and you would put it in and there'd be a trailer for just DVDs. Yeah, and it would say like the power of DVDs, like yeah. <laughs> special features, optimum <laughs> picture and train, sound. Like train. they would show that shot during those mm-hmm. yep uh yeah that, that's good um all right so i have a couple things that uh Lisa, we'll get into rankings at the end um yeah. but did you have an mvp of this movie oh mvp of the first movie oh man uh i wish i thought about this before um you have so many people to choose from i'm gonna go ted levine go to ted levine as <laughs> uh as the cop who is in charge and i I, I, I recently have watched both Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. uh, and an episode of Monk. So I've seen him in both modes, <laughs> uh, serial killer and cop. And he's pretty good. at I mean, he's good at both. But like, you know, he's he's basically playing the guy from Monk. Um, enjoyed seeing him. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, in terms of like someone from the actual main cast. um <sighs> Maybe I might have to give it to Vin. I don't know. Like it's I, I wasn't it gets like away at the end. He does I don't know. I, I honestly like my one of my problems with the first movie is how little I was involved with what was happening. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really care about the characters that much. Like I didn't like I didn't buy into too much of it so it's i'm i'm struggling to think of somebody that like stood out as being really good in this movie (laughs) well all right so i will give mine i will give mine and it's not because he was very successful but just because uh he was a character i did not know i was going to appreciate going into this and that's jesse um i just think he's like the standout character i don't know again like mvp doesn't have to be the character who uh you know lived at the end no you know it might be sacrilege to give mvp to a guy who died in the episode or in the movie but uh yeah because you have a good death scene yeah he has a good death scene he uh he drives a volkswagen like i did in 2001 i actually drove a 2001 volkswagen so uh, there you go yeah mine was not tricked out no spoiler for me Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I For whatever reason, I just was not into Jesse in this movie. He was just kind of an annoyance for me. So I can't I can't can't get with you on that one. But he's, um, got, he's kind of got Denny from the room energy. He's got, he's, he just he just likes to watch them. He just yeah. like he crawls into into 
Dom and uh, what's what's Michelle Rodriguez's Letty. character's name? Letty's Letty's room and just, mm-hmm. just has yeah, to be pushed out. Exactly. Oh hi Jesse. <laughs> yeah, see, perfect. Perfect. Um, He's buying yeah. drugs from from Vince probably, and <laughs> yeah. How do you like, think? How do you think that Brian explained that he let Toretto go? Uh, do you think he, do you think he even explained? Because it does obviously come up in the next movie. It comes but... up, and he went to jail for it. So I don't, right. I, I don't know. Like, what, what do you say about that? Like, um, you think he could have just said, like, yeah, he got away. Like, crashed his car. I got out to help him, and he, you know, yeah, he beat me up and stole my car. That was my question too: is how did he get caught letting? Like, there, no one was there to see it. Like, all he'd have to say was, yeah, he got away. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, maybe maybe, Brian just, is maybe just he's so, so honest. Yeah, I think he's just so honest. So honest that he had to had to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did like Toretto's car too. That was um, a cool car. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that gets me into the next uh, the next question I had. Did you have a favorite car in this movie? Yeah, it would be that one. I think it would, be, it would be Dom's car. Yeah, I agree. Um, that was that was. My he was afraid to drive until the end. Right. Yes, he finally had the nerve to. Yeah. To drive that. Um, I mean, I think the other cars are there's some cool racing cars like, you know, I don't know what they drive like a Nissan, I think, or Mitsubishi and um, obviously the Volkswagen. Maybe I should take. The yeah, again, he's got but... a skyline in the second one. I can't remember. I think he might drive one in the first one. I can't remember. But like that whole like, you know, early 2000s subculture of just souping up the, you know, the kind of normal Japanese car or, or, you know, uh, German cars. Like it was never cool to me. I never got into that. And like, I just, I don't know. I, it's cool that people are able to do that, I guess, to take like, you know, just a normal commuter car and make it like something more, but like, it never struck me as something Mm -hmm. that was like, that I, I was aspirational or like, that was cool. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. The closest I ever got was putting a CD player in that car. Um, Ooh, yeah. I had a six disc changer in the, uh, in, in the, the trunk. trunk of my Taurus. So you had yeah. to get out and pop the trunk. I'd, I'd have the same, same six CDs in there for like, basically until I took another road trip. Once I was doing another long drive, they got swapped out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's probably a good 24 albums from around 2001 to 2006 that I know front to back because I was too lazy to go back to the trunk and change my CDs. I mean, the best of the 60s changer was that you'd have the remote that would go, that the wire remote that would go all the way from the trunk of your car up to the front seat. Or at least oh, I had my, mine. Was I a did wire not remote. have that. Mine was, mine was in the dash. It was like a, it was built into the car. It was supposed mm. to be in there. It was just, there was no room in the dash for six CDs. So you had to go to the trunk to put them in there. Yeah. See, I had the, I had the, the changer in the trunk with like the little cartridge that you could mm-hmm. pull out. Yes. I had um, the cartridge. Yeah. So I thought it was so cool. You push the little orange button and it'll go. Yeah. And each one would come out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I, yeah. I, what I think is funny about this is these guys obviously put so much money into these cars mm-hmm. and then every street race, like half of their cars just get destroyed and it's such yeah. a waste of time and money. Yes. They did all of that and then they, they lost everything. Like, why did you do that? Also, and this may be more in the second one. I can't remember. They were betting enormous sums of money on, on these races like in the in too fast too furious there's a character that's like like oh am i gonna you better win this race we have rent to pay and they're like okay it's 25 large to enter this race i'm like hey use that to pay your rent man like you've got a lot of money in your pocket yeah um yeah well that's i think that's the influence of uh of Ludacris's character 
in uh, Tej Parker. That's the uh, ludicrous effect. Yes, the ludicrous effect. So, uh, yeah, well, let's uh, let's go all the way from L.A. to Miami. So we travel from the Fast and the Furious to Too Fast Too Furious. A couple years later, uh, we follow with Paul Walker's character Brian. Brian, and the ultimate hero name. Yeah, Brian, Brian. O'Connor. Brian O'Connor. So uh, he is disgraced police officer who now yeah. is in Miami. He's been in jail now. He, yeah. he went to jail for letting Dom go away. Yes. Um, so this one, you know, again, we're getting that that Miami street uh, racing subculture. And um, this, instead of being about people who are stealing uh, electronics, we are getting a, a story about drug money. So we're getting um, a, a Miami Vice episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking, I guess it's like Miami Vice. I was thinking it reminds me of like, uh, you know, you mentioned Bad Boys 2 earlier. It yeah. reminds me of, of a Bad Boys movie. Yeah. And and I mean, those were were kind of Miami Vice also mm-hmm. like inspired. Just the drug lord type guy. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of standard. So to start, um, did you feel like this movie was really missing uh, Dominic Toretto? I did not feel like that. Um, mainly because, and I know that the family becomes, uh, beloved in the later installments, but I just like, like I said earlier, the, I, I just didn't get that involved in the story or the characters of the first movie. Mm -hmm. So I didn't miss them being gone here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know if they originally started writing this with Dominic or if this was always meant to just be the, uh, the story about Brian, but you know, kind of the backstory on the big reason why Toretto's not in this is because he wanted to be in the Pitch Black series. So he was in, I think he was doing Chronicles of Riddick at the yeah, same time. Yeah, the second one. Um, and I think also Triple X was right around the same time as well, this too. Well, fun fact, apparently they had two scripts. They yeah. had a script if he agreed to come back and a script if he didn't. And... And so did he just replace the Roman character in this movie? I don't know. It didn't say. All it said was they had one. Uh, I assume so. Because you like, mm-hmm. you know, what What else would they would they do there? Like, you'd think that would be the case that like, you know, uh, you could I mean, you could do the exact same story. And when they say like, oh, I need another driver. Like, OK, uh, how about this guy? The guy I'm in trouble for letting go. You wipe out his record if he helps us here, you know. Yeah. And I mean, like even I mean, even Roman is has a record in this one and is he's doing the demolition derby Mm -hmm. uh, like Mad Max stuff. So um, I I actually think Roman is a huge upgrade in this movie. His character is Ah. actually like the first like very interesting character that we're getting in the series, I think. Um, And there's just a lot more charisma that we're getting from Roman that we didn't get from Toretto. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because I don't know if it's because I watched this in two sittings. Like I watched the first half last night and the second half tonight. And in the first half, I wasn't into him. Mm-hmm. Like he had, I, I felt like he was delivering his lines strangely and like was trying too hard or something. But then in the second half, I liked him a lot more. And I don't know if it's like something changed in the movie or it's just like the mood I was in when I was watching it. But I feel like he got better as the movie went on. I do think that that is the case. I think that this movie is better in the second half than the first half. Yeah. Um, right around the time when you said you stopped watching it, as I was watching this, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like right then it, this movie sort of The shifts. plot starts to kick in there. Yeah. because that's kind of when they're earlier. Right. Because then they're they're in with the drug kingpin. Yep. And, um, and now the plot is really about them trying to get the, the money down from, um, from Miami down to Key West. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it was right around the time when we see Mark Boone Jr. Yes. Um, that that's when yeah. the movie, I feel like, like there there actually feels like there's a little bit of danger and threat in this movie that yeah. there de- never felt like there was in Fast and the Furious. I mean, we right. just talked about Fast and the Furious for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. We didn't even really talk about the Johnny Tran um, and You're Lance, right. those villains that were on You're the right. crotch rockets. So we got a bond. We got a bond connection there, too. Uh, what's the bond connection? Uh, it w- is Rick Yoon. Who is a Bond henchman? Oh, that's in Fast and Furious. The first yeah, one? Johnny oh. Tran, right? That's that was his character's name, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he played Zhao, the uh, North Korean henchman, in Die Another Day, who has the diamonds embedded in his face. Oh, that was the same guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I felt like they were outside of the fact that they rode crotch rocket motorcycles that kind of looked like uh, dirt bikes instead of cars I think, well i think they were i think they switched i think they had like normal crotch rockets earlier and then had dirt bikes for like a later scene but maybe i'm wrong um, they definitely are riding dirt bikes at the end of the movie at the end yes yeah. um but yeah no they i don't know they I, i'm i don't know what they were there to do except be red herrings mm-hmm. right because like we've got brian in the first movie investigating who's Who's stealing all the DVD players? And uh, it could be um, was it Hector. What was the other guy's name? Um, uh, Vince. No, 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 no. From the other, the guy who was holding the money for the first race because he said it was too slow. Oh right. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Hector. Because um, at first he thinks it's him because he's going to buy identical parts for like three different um, uh, Civics, and then but then we also think, oh, maybe it's. Maybe it's uh, Tran, but it that that's the only reason I see them being there is to be like red herrings of maybe they're the guys pulling off these heists when really like right. I mean we know it's going to be Dom like that's if you've ever know, seen movie Point Break yeah. yeah if you've ever seen Point Break or if you've ever seen a movie and you know that like there's going to have to be that um, that drama there later um, that's really kind of their only point there is to be like you know a- occasional antagonist to show up and, mm-hmm. and throw a wrench in the works but yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, we, we open again, we start this time. We don't start with a, with a crime, but we start with a race and, um, we have, we have the song move bitch playing. Um, and I think somebody yep. actually says move bitch at some point in the movie mm-hmm. as well. Um, they love to quote the ludicrous songs in these movies. They do. They do. Yeah. Um, and, um, I did immediately notice that one of the racers, I don't know if you ever watched prison break, I but didn't. The, Okay, so the guy in the beanie was one of the main guys in Prison Break. And okay. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know he was ever in anything else. Um, and then we have the the lady driver as well in, in this opening scene. Uh, Devin Aoki? Yes. yes. Is, that yeah. her, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She played Suki, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she, I feel like she was in a lot of stuff in the early 2000s. Like, she, mm-hmm. was, she was big for a few years. Um, was it um, – hold on. What am I thinking of? Was it Sin City? I have to look this uh, up. I haven't seen Sin City in a really long time, so yeah. it might be that. I feel like she was in Sin City. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, uh, bear with me while I'm IMDb yeah. this, but um, I, I, I feel like she had a good run in like my early college years. Mm, yeah. Uh, she yeah, seemed Sin very City. new. She seemed totally new to me. Okay. I, I feel like she was in a lot of stuff back then. I'm gonna have to look it up. But um, mm-hmm. well, okay. She's never mind. She's got 14 credits ever. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in. 
Ludacris' uh, music video for Act a Fool playing. Which Super- is the, that makes sense because <laughs> yeah. that's the song from the, uh, that's the song from this movie. Yeah. She was in the uh, Dead or Alive movie mm-hmm. video game. Yeah. Okay. So she, I guess, was not in that much, but uh, yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah. You've just watched Sin City that many times. I have. I have. Yeah. So. Um, and I also love that, uh, that Brian in this is driving a Chevy Impala. Which is just like that's the car my uncle drove. Yeah. So it's just a classic like, uncle car. It's, yeah, it's just like not a car that I would think would be a race car. Um, well, I mean, that was isn't that what they use? Uh, what what was the Chevy stock car in NASCAR? Was that an Impala? Maybe. I can't oh, maybe. Remember. Yeah, I mean. Um, but yeah. it's just, it, it's uh, just like not like a super slick looking car. It's very boxy looking. It, it sort of looks like Jesse's uh, Volkswagen. How many songs does Ludacris have where he's like instructing people to like move? Because I feel like we've we've got move, bitch. We've got get back. Yeah. Or, um, or, act a fool. Probably he's telling people to move. Um, yeah. I feel like we need something that's a little more specific about like yeah. location. It's funny when I was listening to Act a Fool because that uh, spoiler. Speaking of spoilers, that's going to be the uh, outro song to this podcast. Yes. And so oh. I pulled part of I pulled part of Act a Fool. And I was listening to that. And I was like, this sounds like every Ludacris song from when I was in high school. So yeah. like right around when this movie came out, like every Ludacris song sounded just like this. Yeah. So he's got a very particular style. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie is directed by John Singleton, who's probably yeah. best known for Boys in the Hood. Yep. Um, but also he worked with Tyrese on Baby Boy, which Baby I never Boy. saw. I yeah. never saw Baby Boy. Um, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, this just seems like it's in better hands. This movie. Yes, for sure. I immediately notice that this movie is better directed. Like, I know it's got a worse reputation, but like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was weird. Like in the first scene, I felt the immediate relief that like, like things made more sense visually for mm-hmm. some reason. Like it actually felt like it was being made by a, a more competent director. Yeah. And they do definitely have stylistic things that may not age that well. Like they, right. they again go into the, they go into the engine when they hit the Nas, for example. Hey, I mean, David Fincher does that. Like it's, you know, no That's one's true. above it. Like yeah. it's, it happens. Uh, uh, but my favorite thing that actually like, I thought worked kind of well was they used this weird like camera flip trick where everything's upside down and then they flip during the yeah, races. Um, right. They do it when the bri- when they go over the bridge. Um, they do it a couple other times as well during chase scenes in, in this movie. Um, yeah. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it was about this movie, but like I was way more invested in the in the racing scenes. Mm-hmm. Like I was it was a little more suspenseful. Like when the bridge is up, I'm like, oh, shit, the bridge is up. What's going to mm-hmm. happen? Like, um or even later in later scenes, like when um, uh, when they're racing for slips to get the two new cars, um, mm-hmm. that was more exciting. Like every like every every racing scene in this for me was more exciting than the first movie. Yeah, I think it's also that the racing scenes are shorter than they were in the first. Yeah, movie. In the first movie they're just like after a couple minutes of watching people drive ninety miles an hour, just there's nothing special about it. Whereas they this, also they, they um, cut it enough that it, it seemed like it was a little bit. It yeah moving and i think they set up stakes better in the second for like and not i'm not even talking about like like you know movie-wide plot i'm just talking about in that moment there's always something that like each character is trying to achieve mm-hmm. at a given time and there's obstacles jumping up in the way and i don't know it maybe i mean maybe the first one has that too but like it just struck me as being like more deftly handled in the second movie mm-hmm. yeah i think the first one you know i, I know i compared it to 
you know, like early MCU stuff. I think the other thing that you could say about the first one, and, you know, once you've seen more of these movies, you might feel the same way, is The Fast and the Furious is sort of like the prequel to The Fast and the Furious. Like, that movie is just setting up everything that we're going to see in other movies. But that movie itself, there's not really that much there. Versus this is its own, I mean, this could be its own movie without the rest of the franchise and you don't need right. the other movies for this to really make sense yeah true and, and tokyo drift will be this i mean tokyo drift even more so is going to be like a standalone um yeah yeah you've got like a whole different main character right yeah i mean a, a completely different like the cast is completely different totally different yeah so um including we're going to get a rapper in that one do you want to try to guess who the rapper is that's in uh tokyo drift oh geez uh who was, uh, what year was it? Uh, I think it was 2000, it's 2006. So. Who was big in 2006? Um, or not big. Or not big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they have been small guys so far, so. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's another, it's another small guy. Um, uh, there's also a great cameo and I just, I just looked at the castles. I totally forgot about the cast list. Um, there is a wonderful cameo at the beginning of Tokyo Drift, which will make you laugh. Yeah. All right. Well, let me noodle on who that would be. and I'll think about yeah. it. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, what are some of your uh, what are some of like your high level thoughts on uh, Too Fast, Too Furious? Um, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. It was so the main thing that uh, tonally it feels very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had, again, a lot of these weird clunky lines that I like I could kind of tell what they're going for but like it seems like they just wrote it on the fly and then took one take of it and then they're like okay that's fine um there's a lot of weird like odd moments of almost like letting the camera go too long before they cut and <laughs> like when uh it, it, it is like jumping to the climax but where uh they're having to uh, escape from, you know, they're, they're both in their cars and there's the guy that's supposed to kill them. And Tyrese is able to eject her seat, his dude uh, bond reference. And, <laughs> yes. yep. uh, and then they have to like beat up Brian's guy and it just holds on them, like kicking him for a while. <laughs> like, like they've got him out of the car and they're both kicking him. And they're fighting over who's going to kick him some more. And I'm like, this is a weird little kind of comedy aside, but um, there's, there's strange moments like that, but, what I liked about it was that it didn't take itself very seriously Mm -hmm. because these are movies that I feel like shouldn't take themselves too seriously. And the first movie took itself very seriously and it felt like it, it, the second movie is more in on the joke of like, Oh, this is silly. Like let's, let's just let it be silly. And I enjoyed that aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I do think the first one definitely took it. It's like, okay, this is the movie about street racing, you know, and this one it's it's about street racing, but they're like, okay, this is you know we're calling the movie too fast, too furious. You're not calling yours like you're. That's a little tongue in cheek that you're yeah, using that exactly. name. Um, and the movie itself is is definitely tongue in cheek. And I think that's what the Roman character brings because he's kind of his character is sort of like a mimbo, like he's just an idiot. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a very and, handsome idiot. Yeah, right. And I love like the scene where he just like gratuitously for no reason takes off his shirt. Um, and I guess, I mean, well, it is to, to like cover his hand, to punch, to punch. it's to punch the, yeah. the, the window, but he wanted to do it anyway. Right. Yes, um, exactly. He wanted to be Tyrese. And I mean, yeah. if I looked like Tyrese, I would take my shirt off all the time. He doesn't wear a sleeve like the entire movie, you know, yeah. just sleeveless the <laughs> yeah. whole time. Um, that's Which interesting. I, Cause I feel like that's a move the rock would do. 
as well to not wear sleeves. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. They had a little bit of a feud, did they not? Later on on Instagram, I believe. Oh, the, um, yeah, the Rock and Vin Diesel also have a big feud. Oh, they had a big yeah, yeah. But I remember, or maybe maybe it was Tyrese and Vin, but I just remember Tyrese being upset that they were like, maybe it was Hobbs and Shaw. I can't remember. They were making a spinoff, and he was upset that they were working on a spinoff and not doing a main series movie because the fans wanted more of him or something but like it was it was one of those times where people post like way too much in an instagram post and it's like several paragraphs and right you can't even screenshot uh, it yeah 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 you should have done a notes app screenshot but um uh yeah i'm excited to learn the backstory of that later oh yeah definitely uh well yeah i agree with you this movie was super fun so i watched this at like 7 a.m this morning and um (laughs) my neighbors were probably like why what yeah it was like drinking coffee watching this movie is super loud my neighbors were like why is there an engine sounds coming from upstairs uh well speaking of like the loud engine sounds from this movie and bothering people um i was finishing it tonight and i had just gotten uh my three-year-old daughter to bed and i'm i'm i push play again and it's the scene where they're they're racing the two other guys trying to get their cars so it's kind of loud and i see the door open and my daughter walks out and she's like daddy what are you watching is it batman and <laughs> i said it's not batman and she said, is it superman <laughs> She knows me very well, clearly. And yes. I said, it's not Superman. And I'm like taking her back to her room and putting her back in her bed. And she says, what, what is it? I said, oh, it's just another movie. I didn't want to get into it. I didn't want to like, you know, I'm you didn't want to tell her I said nine movies. Yeah, yeah, I was, maybe I was just embarrassed at the movie I was watching, but, um, <laughs> it, and she said, what's it called? And I said, too fast, too furious. And then she said the thing no father wants to hear their daughter say, which is, can I watch too fast, too furious? <laughs> and, she has like a thing where when you're trying to get her to sleep, she will just ask the same question over and over again. And she kept saying, what too fast, too furious means. <laughs> <laughs> and I just say, well, you know what fast means? Furious means angry. She's like, they're too angry. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, the angry. <laughs> and like every time I thought she was asleep, and she was no- dozing off. She's like, Daddy, I want to watch Too Fast, Too Furious. And <laughs> She's going to wake you up at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning and want to watch Too Fast, Too Furious. I guarantee she will mention it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had to explain that it's about cars. Oh, and I said, it's it's a movie about cars. And she said, for my family? <laughs> 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 well, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty oh, on the money there. Like oh, Maybe perfect. not this movie in particular, but like two movies later, you'll be yeah. right. Yeah, I do actually, as we're talking, it's weird. I just had like an epiphany as we're talking about the title, Too Fast, Too Furious. So obviously it's the number two because it's the second movie in the series. And like you can also do T-O-O, like they're too fast and they're too furious. Um, But the number two could also refer to the fact that we have this team of two that are working Mm -hmm. together. So we have Brian and and Roman working together, which I guess we had a team of two in the first one as well. But this that was more of a bigger. They're adversarial in a way, too. Yeah. This time it's actually two people working together. Yeah. So, uh, smarter title than you would think. So maybe yeah. we'll find out what fast and furious means. Maybe there will actually maybe. be something. Yeah. Um, the cops in this are very stupid. Um, yeah. James specifically Remar. the the customs agent. James Remar. Correct. Yeah. He okay. is. Uh, yeah. Um, I, f- I haven't seen him in a long time. He used to. Speaking of Mortal Kombat. Remember he played Raiden. In uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. 
Oh, he was the, reca- the, he was the Raiden uh, recast. He was the recast Raiden. Um, uh, he was the original Hicks in Aliens, but was recast just before filming and replaced with Michael Bean. Um, I, he had some personal issues. I can't remember what they involved, but he had to drop out at the last second. But um, he was—I feel like he was around a lot in like the '80s and '90s. And then this is like the last time I remember seeing him in anything. So- I mean, I just looked at his. Uh, he's actually in a lot of movies. Yeah, I I don't actually remember ever seeing him. So he's in the Warriors. Um, speaking yep. of the eighties, yep, yep. Um, also in Forty Eight Hours. Yeah, but more recently, he was in X Men First Class, Django Unchained, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I forgot he was in. Uh, I I do remember him being in Django. Who was he in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, let's find out. Um, Oops, that's Django. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was pulling it up. I mean, he's probably just a... Um, let's see, he's not even on the main cast list, so I have to click to see more. Oh, Ugly Owl Hoot on Bounty Law. Okay. Oh, so he's one of the guys on Bounty Law. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a, a little cameo then. Um, he kind of yeah. reminds me of, like, um, William, Def- William Defoe a little bit. Like, something about the way he looks okay. gives me that that vibe. I mean, he obviously doesn't act like him. Um, but, yeah, he's – I mean, he's just terrible in this movie. And he makes so many bad yeah. decisions and almost screws things up so many times. And then at the end of the movie he, – He's said they're suddenly cool. Yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with you. All like, is forgiven. Right. Yeah. Um. I did like the move where the cops chase them into the garage and then there's like 30 cars that drive out of the garage and they can't find them. I thought that yeah, was good. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Brian and Roman stealing some of the drug money at the end to fund their own garage. Yeah. They're building I've, good. That's it a was good. Fun, end cause I, well, cause they set it up with like, you know, Tyrese is being too honest in terms of like, Oh, they were really six bags. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have had those bags, man. Right, he could have kept <laughs> at one. At least he got something for himself there at the end. Yeah. Um, or like the uh, when at the beginning with the cops where they're like, Gallo 12 or Gallo 24, and he's holding the cup that says Gallo's yeah. Pizza. Yeah. It's like, you you idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that stuff is all pretty fun in this. What did um, you think of uh, Cole Hauser as the villain? Um, I, You know, I think he was a good – he reminded me of – um, the villain from um, not the Living Daylights, but the other Timothy Dalton movie, License to Kill. License to Kill. Like a, a or was it the Living? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's very like uh, very brutal. The whole rat torture thing I thought was pretty. That was that was pretty clever. Like that's a that was a that was a creepy scene. I feel like there's another movie with rat torture like that, and I googled it and I could not find it. The only one that came up was this. Mark. You googled rat torture. Yeah, <laughs> I googled rat torture at seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. Uh, no, and I feel like there's a movie where they like. Oh, you know what it was? It was Game of Thrones. I think. I think there's a rat torture scene in Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Awesome. Now that I'm talking Brendan. about them, yeah. Uh, Brendan, Brendan, is there a rat torture scene in yes, Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah. I feel like there's a scene where they like take the they put the rat in the bucket and like attach it to somebody's chest and then they're like the, the rat eventually will chew its way out of this bucket so what you're saying is that game of thrones ripped off too fast too furious yes exactly okay. yep um i did want to make like a two because i got my second vaccine yesterday so i wanted to make like a two vax two but i couldn't think of what i would replace two, furious. <sighs> two i was thinking like two vax too serious maybe um two vax too um too curious but yeah, if, if anything comes to mind, what what I could make that 
that tweet mm. said. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll think about that. Think on it. Um, let's see. What else did I write down on this? Uh, Brian's big right, big bright red shirt. Uh, like it hurt my eyes. That shirt that he wears for the second half of the movie. Is it is it cooler or worse than his West Coast Choppers shirt <laughs> that he wears for the other half of the movie? Yeah. Which also. I, I, Sets like this the, right in 2003. Yeah, I like the the West Coast Choppers shirt because uh, <laughs> at least like that that again like sets us in the time. But the bright that color I don't know what it was, but that color it's like I know they have a lot of bright colored cars in this movie, which those oh, are fine. Right? Yeah. But the shirt it's like, I feel like it's like one of those shirts that I probably would have worn around 2003, mm-hmm. and there's like a picture of me in this shirt, and I'm like. A, that shirt is huge, and B, that shirt is a hideous color. Why did I wear that? And I'm just, like, embarrassed that there's a picture of me wearing that. And I just feel like Paul Walker probably at some point was like, why did I wear that shirt in this movie? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know why. That shirt really bothered me. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, Brian really loves the how'd you like them apples line. I think it either happens in this movie and in the first one, or he does it twice in Too Fast, Too Furious. But he said it. I should have kept track. Is it because Cole Hauser was in uh, Good Will Hunting? (laughs) Oh. Oh, wow. Maybe he kept telling him to say it. Like, say say the apples line. (laughs) There's a a whole – there was a podcast when they were talking about a theory – that uh, Chuck Klosterman has. And it was like this very weird off the wall theory about like, do movies exist in movies? Right. Um, So he was like, you know, in, uh, in like the movie, the beach, does the movie Titanic exist? And if so, you know, who plays Jack in Titanic? Well, that's, you know, that's, uh, sorry if I was making noise with my head. So there, um, that's covered in Last Action Hero. If you've seen Last Action, right? Hero. They talk about this. Yeah. Okay. They go to the video store, and Stallone has starred in Terminator Two. Um, yeah. Is it like there's like some kind of butterfly effect where like the movie exists, but it's just not exactly the way it did before? What they should have done was uh, O.J. Simpson, which was like, at least that's I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, but that's the legend of mm. of Terminator was that he was like originally who they wanted for the Terminator. Um, I just feel like with that theory, it's that a per- like Leonardo DiCaprio still stars in Titanic mm-hmm. because the guy in the beach is not Leonardo DiCaprio. The guy in the beach is whatever that character's name is. Right. They just look the same. They just like look similar. Yeah. Well, it's so it's um, they get very explicit with that in Ocean's Twelve. Do you remember mm-hmm. Ocean's yeah. Twelve? Yep, they talked about that on this podcast as well. Why? Okay, why was I not on this podcast talking about this with these guys? Um, this is on the Ringer. Yeah, this is yeah, been hired by the Ringer. Um, <laughs> yeah, because in that, like, honestly, like that when I first saw Ocean's Twelve, that pissed me off so much. Like, and not because it was like breaking the fourth wall, or I guess it kind of was, but it just like the movie. I could feel the movie being satisfied with itself. Yes, like it was so smug and. Mm-hmm. I, I rewatched it recently and it didn't bother me as much, but like I remember in the theater just groaning and being like, all right, we get it. You're a bunch of world famous celebrities having fun, making a movie. But uh, I actually, uh, so I recently rewatched all three of those. Yeah. Um, and I do not like oceans 12 at all. I liked oceans 13 much better than oceans 12. Yeah. And I, I, I really disliked it when it came out. And for whatever reason, when I did my rewatch, it didn't bother me much. And I, I was okay with it. Like, the first one, I think, is is the best. Clearly. Yeah, the first but, one's the best, but like the third, the second one, it's not a like they just don't have the heist. Like it's, I know they're it, trying to like it happens without anyone seeing it. But... They're like, oh, we did it without showing you. Yeah, which is huge. Combat. It's just right, which that's not what you wanted to see. 
You yeah, want to see? I want to see the heist. Yeah, and you want to see them like plan the heist. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the heist, so they're they're taking all of this drug money. Um, do they actually get to Key West in this? Are no, they driving they so like, fast that they're in Key West really quickly? No, or is this I, all Miami still? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think they were. That's why they're getting on the boat is to head there, right? Like okay. they're supposed to be going to a plane. They change the plan because you know he realizes that someone is on to him. Right. Uh, so that was they never get there. I don't think. Uh, luckily. Luckily, Brian sails his car through the air and lands it on the boat and stops them. Um, yeah, that which is great. What a great way to end the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they drive the car onto the. And they, you know, they they have the repeat of the bridge thing from the beginning. Yeah. And they do the Dukes of Hazard jump from the. And they mention boat. the Dukes of Hazard. They yeah. do mention Dukes of Hazard. Uh, there's like, there's like, I, I don't know. It's kind of funny in a way. Um, the like almost real world consequences of doing it. Which is just that, like, they land. Obviously, this wouldn't happen in the real world, but when they do land, Tyrese is like, I broke my arm. Which, like, how often does that happen when someone pulls off an insane, insane stunt in a movie? Usually they just keep driving or, like, mm-hmm. jump out and they're fine. But, like, he's, like, seriously injured. <laughs> I think they did it just so that, like, you know, Brian has to be the one to grab the gun and, and shoot the guy. But, uh, um, uh, probably because only the cop can be the one to kill the, yeah. It, well, he doesn't even kill him, which is also an interesting choice. I feel like in most action movies, like, they kill the bad guy in this one. He just shoots him and then he gets, you know, that's true. Yeah. Um, I think again, it's, they wanted the like Toretto thing where he's not actually doing something bad. Like he's not actually crossing the line. Yeah. Right. He's still, even though it's a bad guy, he's like, yeah, I'm going to let him live. Maybe, uh, Um, yeah, maybe, maybe Cole Hauser comes back. I was going to say, you know what, in this, in this series, you never know. So, um, but yeah, he could, he could definitely come back. You'll find out. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. They do the stare and drive again in this movie. Uh, this yeah. time, even longer, um, made me very uncomfortable watching. It's, so please just look at the. It's room. a long time. It's a yeah. long time. Um, with Eva Mendez. So, what do you think of Eva Mendez in this? I like Eva Mendez. I think she's. I mean, like again, she's like she doesn't have a lot to do, but she's very likable. I I, I enjoy her in movies. Um, mm-hmm. I hope she comes back. I don't know if she does, but like I feel like he's got to go back to Jordana Brewster at some point. But like uh, they had like a weird little romance that like is out of nowhere and then is kind of gone mm-hmm. when she sneaks onto his little houseboat and they like have like a kiss together and you're like, wait, what? Well, and okay. she's all wet. Like yeah. she's soaking wet from, from getting on the boat. Did you swim from the two feet from the dock? Um, uh, I think that's the implication, but it, they didn't show anything before that. So she's just right. like, it's just like she shows up like dripping wet. Yeah. So um, maybe it's just cause she saw Paul Walker, mm-hmm. but um, it, yeah, they have like they share like a kiss there, and it's not really. I mean, I guess they're they in the very first scene they kind of set up that he's into her, and they they have a little bit of backstory, but it was you know there's not really much there. The real romance is between is is between Brian and and, and Roman. Roman. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's probably a very bad idea for Eva Mendez's character and uh, and Brian to have some sort of romance because they're both undercover for the same drug king kingpin. Yeah. Like that just seems like you're risking a lot. Don't shit where you eat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I did like that as they're leaving the boat. Uh, did you see the cameo from George Foreman? No, <laughs> uh, it wasn't actually George. A Foreman. grill or just, George? Foreman? It was his okay. grill. Yes. It okay. was the George Foreman okay. grill. And it was Again, like, it was one of the really 2003. Yeah. It was one of the really big ones. Like, <laughs> like the, cause I remember I had like a smaller one in college. I had the this compact was like, one. Yeah. This was like the, you could put four burgers on this one. Um, 
I had the iMac one where like you remember they were like, oh, they're gonna have every color. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I had the one with a little blue bun warmer. Oh man, the um, the George Foreman grill was very uh, it yeah it was very practical though. Why did it go away? It was great. Yeah. Uh, the best is the story that they offered that to Hulk Hogan and he turned it down for like a blender, I think. And then they offered <laughs> it to George Foreman. <laughs> like it was going to be like the Hulkamaniac grill or something like that. He would he lost out on so much money. Would it have sold as well though? Um, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I so? I, okay. Yeah, I think so. Because it would have been like they would have made it yellow and red. I'm sure. Um, I would rather buy something from George Foreman than Hulk Hogan. Uh, you say that now, but in the late 1990s, I guess it could have been black and white because it could have been like Hollywood Hogan, uh, the Hollywood Hogan grill. Uh-huh. Like yeah. Um, no, it would have been great. Um, and then uh, what else did I write down? I just wrote down a whole bunch of like, random notes. Um, there's a whole bunch of people driving cars at night wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, like, they're yeah, cool. It's dark out. You don't need to do that. Um, yeah. Even though those are Oakleys, and we know it's the early 2000s. Um, True. And uh, and then Tej, uh, Ludacris's character, on the phone with Brian in front of the cops. He's like completely blowing his cover. The cops are right there, and he's That's talking. That's right. To Brian. You're right. <laughs> but uh, I just yeah, worked on it. Right cops there, are down. Talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ludacris, though, in this. Well, they've also uh, got like, um, sorry, they've got Brian on the walkie-talkie talking to Roman when they've got the guy that like they're trying to trick next to him. Right. Like, like he can hear you in the walkie talkie too, man. Yeah. But they have the plan that they're going to do the ejector seats. So, which was a good use of the Nas for the ejector seats. I like, I had a feeling that's what it was going to be. Brian seems very pleased with himself when he talks about having (laughs) some passengers that may uh, overstay their welcome or whatever he says. And then he smiles really big. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I guess we should talk about Ludacris, though. We're, we're talking about Tej. Yeah. So Ludacris making his debut in this series. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe not. Oh, I hope he's back. Um, yeah. And uh, what what do you think about his character? He's like this, like he's, you know, got a hand in everything down in Miami, yeah. he said. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's fine. Like, I, you know, I pro Ludacris. Yeah. I think Ludacris has a good screen presence. Like, he's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So. Um, and I will say like, you know, the thing about this series is it does have a lot of diversity, right? It's, it's not sure. like a whole bunch of white people in this where, um, I think of gone in 60 seconds. I don't feel like is, uh, as diverse as this movie. If I'm just, so I never saw the remake of gone in 60 seconds. I saw the original like seventies version, but I haven't seen the, the remake, which apparently is why Timothy Oliphant turned down the Dom role because he had just done gone in 60 seconds. And oh, do another racing. Cause game. I feel like gone in 60 seconds and fast and furious came out the same year. Like I feel like they were like twin movies. I think it was one out. year apart. Yeah. Um, um, and then the other one, like there was biker something. There was biker boys, biker boys. There was yeah. Torque. Yeah. Which are both um, motorcycle. Those were motorcycle twin movies. Yeah. I know this cause I had a college roommate who was really into motorcycles and I had to, physically remove both of those DVDs from his hand when we were at Hollywood video trying to decide what to rent for the night. Um, you could have rented this. What you if, could've... what if Torque had been the one that had like nine sequels made of it, you know? <laughs> oh man. Instead of biker boys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it, like, still again, after two movies, can you believe that this went, this movie went to, it's nine. crazy. This like, went to nine. I said this to you the other night, I think, but like what, after the first movie was over, um, and HBO was like more movies like this, and I'm scrolling through, and it was a swim fan, 
And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of like, what if they had made 10 swim fan movies? Yeah. <laughs> it's another very 2001 movie. Yeah. Like every other big franchise that went for this many, you, know, you think about like Mission Impossible, Marvel, Star Wars. Like it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that makes, it sense. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. This is like street racing movie about uh, guys who steal DVD players and then street racing movie about guys who take money from a drug dealer. Yeah. We need to like, we need to identify what another like, comparable movie would have been that only had one movie but like like it could have been the could have yeah exactly yeah. like like what if that had a million sequels to it um, if there's like a sports movie like like a coach carter could have been that if there had been uh, 10 coach carters yeah <laughs> 10 seasons of coach carter yeah um sorry i'm looking through i was i i, I didn't take any notes but uh i i was g chatting you a lot while i watched the movie so <laughs> you were trying to see uh any i I wanted to mention that uh in the first movie um uh ted levine looked like bill cower i thought yes he did yeah um i liked that they said coachella (laughs) which i feel like maybe is the right way to say it (laughs) i mean was this before coachella uh let's see uh it would have been right around the time it started i think right oh, or, man. yeah no you're no it would have been a little bit later i think because 2001 i think would have been the first bonnaroo and i feel like coachella started right after bonnaroo but i i could be wrong yeah. with my music festival history um but yeah they said coachella um, i mentioned vince's mesh tank top so sarah was also texting me as she was watching this movie and uh do you want do you want to try to guess who she thought was funny in the first movie well, I know she was very pro Jesse. Okay, uh, yes, it's not Jesse, it's somebody else. Who was funny? Um, yeah. No, lay it on me. So she said Ja Rule was funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She really sure. must have liked when he yelled Minage. Yeah. So. Oh, she did. She laughed really hard. No, when, <laughs> when, what, no, what was the girl's name? Uh, I don't know. Monica? It's Monica, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, because yeah, it yelled- was, I was thinking it was like, uh, Mamba number five when he calls yes. her Monica. When he yells Monica, she laughed <laughs> yeah. pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Sarah also said that Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez have a toxic relationship. I don't think it's that toxic. I think it's hmm. fine. Yeah. I don't know. I think they'll be fine. They'll work it out. Um, she wanted to know what happened to their parents, but I think that that is, I think she just wasn't paying attention I mean, to the backstory. Yeah. She just, she fell asleep a few times. So yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to There's know like actually what... a really long scene explaining what happened to the dad. So. <laughs> At least the dad, not the mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, Maybe the mom well, is just upstairs the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> she just really does not like Mama racing. Toretto. She's making Mama Toretto's uh, homemade cookies. Yeah. Um, what else did she say? She said, why is the house so dirty? Um, I think it's just because they party all the time. Yeah. And like everybody, like they, it seems like they always have people there. There's always people there, and they're grease monkeys. Like, they're mechanics, yeah. you know? They they get dirty. Yep. Um, and then uh, her last question is, what is Mia studying in those books? And is she in college? So Good question. I mean, she's she's pretty young in this movie, so I could see yeah. her in college. Yeah. yeah maybe she, maybe she could she be, like, on the six-year plan, because she's also trying to run their business at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she also said that she looked up the house the police used as their headquarters. Oh, I told her to do that because yeah. um, it looks like a house that they use in one of the first episodes of Columbo, mm. which we were watching some Columbo early on in the pandemic. And <laughs> it's like episode one or two, even, I think, where um, 
it's a house. I, I mean, I feel like it's the same house. I need to, it, when I found like, or she found a site that had a list of movies that used that house and it was not on there, but I think maybe they just overlooked it. It's gone yeah. now, by the way, it got bought out. Um, oh, by it's like the guy who, what is it? He runs. I can't remember. It's a, it's like a, it's like a billionaire dude who runs a big company and I can't remember what it was, but it's now the second biggest estate in the LA area. Second only to Aaron Spelling's mansion. Mm. Um, so like, it, cause that wasn't that, a very big house. It was just, everything was round, you know, everything was circular. And so they just kind of like bulldozed it and put it on a giant house. <laughs> oh man. That's a cool, it's a cool looking house. That's too bad. They got yeah, it. I know. It, like it, yeah, I think the historic commission had tried to save it or something, but. So this is the house, house in Colombo or the house in Fast and Furious? Well, I think both, but oh, like it's the same. Okay. it was, they were telling the story as related to being in Fast and Furious, but mm-hmm. I think it was also in Colombo. Okay. I'll get to the bottom of this. Yeah, but before the next podcast, maybe. Yep. Um, I did like the house that the drug kingpin lives in in Too Fast, Too Furious. Like yeah. they had, it's, oh. it's a huge mansion that he has. Do you know they whose house like, it was? Because I looked it up. No, whose house was that? That's Sylvester Stallone's house. Oh, really? They got yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Star Miami? of Terminator Two, <laughs> Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah, he's come up a lot in this. Maybe yeah. he'll, maybe he'll, you know, maybe, uh, Expendables. I guess is like a movie like that could have been nine nine movies i mean they've made several yeah i think they only made like three right yeah yeah there's three but i uh, i think they're planning are they were planning like the female expendables for a while um what i want to see and i i I, it's it's a little you know it's too late now to do it obviously but um they were going to do like uh one where there was going to be like a side team of expendables i don't know if there's something that's really going to happen or something that like somebody mentioned as a cool idea, but like the British expendables show up at one point and it's like Pierce Brosnan and Timothy Dalton and Roger Moore and Sean Connery. And it's just oh, so all like the what, bonds. Like what they like, did with, uh, with Kingsman or like the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And do that. But, um, you know, obviously we've lost two of them now, but, uh, yeah, she likes to do that. Mostly. Yeah. Unless they pre-filmed it. Um, I like when they say team four checking in, it reminded me of like rogue one checking in, you cool. know, Gold leader. Gold leader. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, finally, the credits animation at the end of Too Fast, Too Furious is like a cartoon. It is. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be a cartoon or if it was supposed to be them showing off their CGI technology, but it did not look good. It looked better than the first movie. I'll mm-hmm. give it that. The first one with its like crazy Photoshop effects, yeah. but it at least was it was done in like 3D. So, um, and the credits like go off to the side instead of scrolling up and down. Uh-huh. They like come on. They like I guess kind of like wheels do. Like it's supposed to look like a car driving onto the screen. So, um, anything else that you had on Too Fast, Too Furious? <sighs> Who eats more on screen, Tyrese or Brad Pitt? Oh, in the Ocean's movies, I'm going to yeah. give it to Brad Pitt, but. Um... You know, I haven't seen all of the Fast movies yet, so we'll have to see. Maybe Tyrese eats a lot in the other movies. I feel like I, in this one, he was always eating. Like, he ate a couple well, sandwiches. Well, they, they he mention ate, it. Yeah, yeah. They, he's eating, I don't know if it's a protein bar or a candy bar that he's eating. Probably a protein bar, I yeah. guess. But um, I feel like around the t- this time in the early 2000s, there were these protein bars, and I cannot remember what they were called, but they basically tasted like candy bars. Yeah. Uh, they tasted like Snicker bars, basically. And they were some sort of protein bar, and I cannot... It's not Quest, because that was later. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. 
it's gonna kill power me. bars were big back no then. it was like evolve or something what was it called mm. oh i have it on the tip of my tongue um i could think of it but it had like an orange i feel like i had like an orange label oh man oh, let's sit quietly while you try and think of it i know really this will be great <laughs> podcasting uh i wonder if i search early 2000s protein bars what comes up <laughs> Let's see if anything comes up. <laughs> detour bars. That's what they were called. Yeah. That was without me even looking it up. They were called detour bars. And I, I think that. that's what he was eating. They were basically a Snickers bar. But So what yeah. you're saying, if, if I want to look like Tyrese, I need to get my hands on some old expired <laughs> detour bars. Got to find some 2003 detour bars. Yeah, <laughs> take a detour. Um, all right. Well, uh, who was your MVP of Too Fast, Too Furious? Okay. I should have been thinking about this earlier. Um, mm, you know I was going to ask it. I'm keeping I track of this, too. <sighs> So. All right. Um, I may amend these later then because I need to be thinking Eva about Mendes, this. these. Okay, sure. I'm going to go with her then. Um, uh, no, you said I may amend these. Yeah, I yeah. Amend these. yeah. Yeah. I got it. I got your joke. Oh, okay. um, uh, I need to be thinking about it while I'm watching the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, for Too Fast, Too Furious, let's go with. I mean, maybe. I'm gonna say even. I am gonna say even Mendez. Ludacris is Ludacris is is tempting, but mm-hmm. like Judge Parker, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm so even Mendez's character is actually named Monica, so you can yell Monica when you pick her. I can. Yeah. Um, okay. I think Monica. we need to get your the thoughts of your one year old son on the next podcast. We've gotten the other two family members about. We've gotten Sarah's thoughts on the Fast and Furious. Uh-huh. We've gotten Sadie's thoughts on Too Fast, Too Furious. So we need your son to weigh in on Tokyo, on Tokyo Drift. Drift. Okay. Well, he uh, his his main form of communication is like sustained screaming, um, <laughs> like in, not upset, like happy screaming. So well, that's good. Yeah. Then let me know if he likes if he was happy screaming to Tokyo Drift or if he was upset about Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Drift. His, if he's happy about something, actually, he a lot of times he just he st- he yells "good girl" because that's <laughs> what he girl. calls our dog. Um, so like when he's when he's excited, he says "good girl." So oh, if he gets um, it, gives it a good girl, you know he likes it. Perfect. Uh, and let's see. So for me, uh, I think I got to give it to Roman. My okay. Movie. Okay. He like he. Uh, I was just very hot and cold on Roman. I liked certain parts of it, um, of his character, but like he had like weird hangups early. I mean, he was very concerned with what Eva Mendez was doing a lot. Like he seemed very upset that she was apparently sleeping with Cole Hauser. And I'm like, it's none of your business, man. You don't know her. And he's like feeling like he was insulted by it. And I'm like, she's, she's not your girlfriend, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they explain it later by saying that he just hates cops, but yes, um, he's very anti-cops. He's anti-cop, but um, I, I don't know. Like he, he grew on me towards the end of it, but um, I I almost feel like this would have been a better movie with like a comedian in that role. You know what I mean? Because he's delivering a lot of comic lines, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. Like it, and I would say this for both both lead performances. Like if you had like a comedy team there instead, it could have been better. Yeah, it could have been like serious Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Or just you know, you get the like the Lethal Weapon vibe, the the buddy cop movie vibe. Bad boys and vibe. Yeah. It, well, I'm not gonna go that far because I'm not a bad boys fan. But I, but you're right. Like Will Smith and and Martin Lawrence, both gifted comedians. So like mm-hmm. you you get those types of people in those roles. I think you do better. But. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's why I think like I don't you don't expect the comedy from Tyrese. So when he is funny, especially next to Paul Walker, who's just not funny and who's like delivering <laughs> jokes, but just at, at this he's delivering tone. jokes. He gets excited so much. he gets like just legitimately excited a lot. He's always grinning, yeah, and just like wooing. He woos a lot in the races. Yeah. Um, uh, I think he gives a lot of high fives as well. Like he's, he's just, just like, like, yeah, man. <laughs> I feel like maybe there's a slight nitrous leak in his car, and he's just <laughs> okay. always slightly high on laughing gas. Um, oh, that, would, just, that could be a good way that they could he's just, they turn into the Joker. Yeah. He's even just like walking kind of bouncily and just seems carefree. I'm like, you're not in a carefree situation, man. Yeah, uh, but. that's true. That I think they just needed to give him a little bit more of a backstory that he is like this surfer bro. Yeah. Um, and that's the way in that he he is carefree. Like, it's just never really mentioned, but it's like an awkward uh, the way he like his just demeanor is just it's as much as I love these movies, it, at least for these first couple takes me out of it. You know, there was a weird edit that um, I just remembered early in the movie that I thought, like, it, it was a weird way to introduce Tyrese's character, which um, they're talking to Brian. And this is when Brian has nixed the other dude with the, you know, the, with the, Gallo the giant pizza. Gallo pizza cup. Yeah. And um, and they he says he wants his own guy. He's like, I want my own guy on this. And they say, who did you have in mind, right? Mm-hmm. In, in like classic Hollywood editing would be, they say, who did you have in mind? And then you cut to a shot of like probably Tyrese's hands on the steering wheel as he's like driving into another demolition derby car, right? right. And you cut right to showing him. And instead you have a very pointless short exchange of, Oh, this guy I grew up with. We know each other from growing up. We grew up together. <laughs> and then it cuts. And like, we're gonna find that out later anyway. Like, yeah. why not utilize that like little like you know moment of like who'd you have in mind? And then you cut to him, right? Like, I know it's cliche, but like that works. Whereas like uh, there's a lot of explaining out. in all the scenes with the cops. There's yeah. lots of exposition. Um, it's just it's weird because all you have to do is when they see each other for the first time again, you just in the conversation have them drop the fact that they grew up together in some right. kind of positional way. Like which I think they also do. I think that he's like, we grew up together, but you turned into a cop or like, I'm exactly, pretty sure they exactly, said that pretty exactly. much. And it was just a weird way to just very explicitly state it in a mm-hmm. non cinematic way. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. These movies are still refining a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, the next question, did you uh, what was your favorite car? in this oh um i have one that's okay uh, you go yeah um there was a dodge viper that i think a yes. drug dealer drove and i thought that was the coolest of all i brought that up because i was explaining to sarah the other day what dodge vipers are and because they were so big in the early 90s and i mm. guess a little bit into the 2000s and um i had seen i'd watched a youtube video recently about the original dodge viper and how completely stripped down it was. It had, it had no, like anything that you normally consider like being a normal function of a car. It didn't have because it was only there to be a super fast car. And so like door handles didn't have door handles on the outside of the car. You had to reach inside the car, <laughs> open the door from the inside because there was no exterior handle. And you might ask yourself, 
what do you do if the window's up? How do you reach in? Well, there were no windows. Like the original <laughs> Dodge Viper had no windows. Like I was going to say, you just wrap your shirt around your fist. And yeah, you, you, just, you punch through it. Like it's, I'll have to send you this video because it's crazy how much stuff they left out of this car. Like there's literally no frills, nothing. Like no windows. It does have like a, I think it had a small glove box and that was it. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do like the Dodge Viper. Um, I do like I'm semi I guess I don't know if this is an embarrassing thing to admit or not, but like I remember in high school when like I was thinking of what kind of car it would be cool to drive, the like affordable sports car that I had friends that drove was the Mitsubishi Eclipse, right? Yes, that was like the cool um sports car that like high school kids could like conceivably have and i drove a ford taurus at the time so i did not have one of those but like that i I remember when i saw that in the movie i was like oh yeah those cars were considered very cool back then Mm -hmm. um so so there was that mitsubishi is just weird for a car because we had a mitsubishi tv growing up yeah and so i always think of mitsubishi as a tv company and not as a car company on the opposite i would see a tv and be like hey that's a car company that made that okay yeah um and I, I did have a Mitsubishi TV at some point, but that was later. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. What were the – do we know what the two cars were that they end up winning? I'm trying to – I remember – They were two muscle cars. Were they Camaros? Um, or was I think that they were different. Tor- yeah, Toretto they're, drives a Camaro. But, but they were two muscle yeah. cars at the end. Uh, those were pretty cool, but I did not look up what they were, and I'm mm-hmm. not a gearhead to know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there, I noticed Mitsubishis. I noticed Camaros. Um, the Impala, the Viper. There was, I don't know what kind of car it was, but there was a red car that the guy from Prison Break drove. But I don't remember what kind of car that was. I don't know. Okay. I think that was another, I think it was like mostly Mitsubishis at the beginning of the, of the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I also like that the, I like that the cop cars can keep up with all these race cars as well. Like I'm sure the cop cars are pretty powerful, but there's no way that they're fast enough to, or like that the yeah. cops are good enough drivers to keep up with these guys. Like on this high speed pursuit down uh, uh, I-95. Well, it's funny you mention that because, like, I, it's, this is like the one night I'm not hearing it. But every night I hear street racers from my house, mm. like literally every night except for tonight. Um, I haven't heard any yet. But they they go on the Beltway, so you can hear the Beltway from my house, even though it's like a mile away. Um, if someone's driving that fast, uh, they it's it's all the it's it's the buzz of next door. Um, everyone is talking about it every oh, night. Like, like, yes. Of the of the social media site, mm, that next time, um, yeah. yeah, it's every night people post on it. Like, yeah, I know it's every night, guys. You don't have to post about it every night, but <laughs> they they're having like a major street racing problem right now on the I guess on the Capitol Beltway down near Alexandria, and it's you can hear them whizzing by, and the cops don't really bother to chase. It's not they don't bother to chase them. It's just that it's actually more dangerous to chase them mm-hmm. um, than it is to like try and catch them later. Um, because you're just going to cause an accident if you do that. Um, but they've had like situations where what they'll do is they'll do like in the movie, they'll line up their cars along the beltway and stop traffic and then do like a a quick race down a straightaway. So like they will stop people from driving a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. One quarter mile at a time. They're living their life a quarter mile at a time. Uh, do you want to know kind of awards this movie won? I can get, tell you the awards both movies won actually. I saw uh, that the second one got some Razzies, or at least some nominations. Uh, yeah, Golden Raspberry nominations for Worst Remake or Sequel, and then Worst Excuse for an Actual Movie. Uh, wow. 
but MTV was kinder. Best it was nominated for best male. Those were just nominations. Uh, Ludacris uh, was nominated for best breakthrough male for the okay. MTV Movie Awards, yeah. and then it was nominated for four uh 14 choice awards as well including Ooh. breakout movie actor for michael ely who he was one of the racers at the beginning yes i remember um him. best movie chemistry went to paul walker and sure nobody else just paul walker just paul walker, <laughs> paul walker he himself. was very at ease with himself he has good yeah. self-chemistry yeah and then uh best movie fight slash action sequence was paul walker versus tyrese which I don't really remember them having a fight. I mean, they had arguments, but they never had like a fist fight. They, they, they do fight when they first see each other. They're rolling on the ground together. And and Tyrese, one of them says to the other one, I can't remember, like, you still fight like shit or something. Which was Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, so uh, it did win. The movie did win for that and for best movie chemistry for Paul Walker. And then uh, summer movie, it was nominated as well. Okay. Uh, and the first movie was actually nominated for a whole bunch more, uh, including – uh, AFI award for cinematographer of the year. It was nominated for that. Really? It's yeah. funny. Cause it like it, I remember like there's an early scene where we actually rewound it and watched it again because, um, it's the shot where Brian first walks into like the Toretto lunch counter. And when you look out at him at Brian, it's, it's very like golden outside, like, you know, um, magic hour looking, but they cut inside and it looks like, uh, old timey sepia tone photo where they just browned everything up and it doesn't match at all when it goes back and forth. But, um, well, anyway, Hey, good job. If I didn't care, um, it did win two MTV movie awards for Vin Diesel and best, uh, and Paul Walker for best on screen team. Mm -hmm. And Oh, actually only won the one MTV. Um, (laughs) it won the stinker award for most intrusive musical score. I get, yeah, I'll, I'll back that up. Yeah. And it was nominated for some team, some back teen choice awards for summer movie fight scene uh, between Paul Walker and Rick Yoon was the fight scene that it was nominated for. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel was nominated for Hissy Fit, and Rick Yoon was nominated for Sleeves Bag for Teen okay. Choice Awards. So, um, and let's see, uh, the first one has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the second one has a 36%. So the second one lower on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's. Uh, what does Metacritic think? I because mm-hmm. I like to check Metacritic too because that's not like. You know, that's just a straight out of 10 or out of 100 score. Yeah, uh, 38 on Metacritic for Too Fast, Too Furious. And the Fast and the Furious on Metacritic is 58. So almost the same. Comparable. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cinema score B plus for the Fast and the Furious and uh, A minus. A minus. I saw that. Like that was. Yeah. Um. Scott Tobias wrote that Singleton uh, abandons the underground racing subculture that gave the first film its allure uh, and instead relies on a lazy thriller. Uh, so, yeah, he didn't like it. But what did you think? So um, I'm going to mention one more Bond connection real quick before we yes, get into good. that, which was David Arnold that. did the score for the second movie. Mm. And yeah. David Arnold scored a bunch of Bond movies. He did Tomorrow Never Dies through Quantum of Solace. So what, like five Bond movies? I guess oh, he wow. did. So he's um, going to show up in my my composers list at the end of the year, maybe for all these. There movies you go. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, he uh, he's been gone since he didn't he didn't do Skyfall or Spectre, but before that he had done a bunch. Um, yeah, so we got that. We got the ejector seat, and we got Rick Yoon. Um, I'll also nice. say that um, you know, just in general, the license to kill plot just reminded me of kind of, I got fast and furious vibes from that, especially the 
um, the last scene, that last chase at the end of the movie, yeah, um, where they're chasing the semis. That I was like, that was where I first had the idea. I'm like, oh, we should watch the Fast and the Furious movies next. Was when I was watching mm-hmm. that movie, um, and you know that the plot revolves around drug money and the Sanchez yep. character. That you know, like definitely too fast, too furious is a little similar to. Uh, And they both have been criticized from what I saw from the plots just being Miami Vice plots. Yeah. And like did uh, License to Kill. Did that take place in Miami or was that somewhere else? uh, So there's like opening. The the opening is in Miami, I believe. Um, The opening scene where they're chasing him. But then the rest of it is in the fictional country of Isthmus. Uh, Right. Okay, Which is like a Panama type. I do remember that now. Place. Yeah. I guess because Panama's an isthmus, but um, yeah, we'll we'll keep on the Bond connections and we'll see as these movies change. I'll be curious if there's any Bond connections between Tokyo Drift and uh, any of the James Bond movies. I'll find one. Good, good. Um, so what do I th- what I thought overall was uh, I don't think either of these was a good movie. I'm mm. gonna say like I I'm not like. And I was expecting that because like everything I've ever heard about this series is like the first few are kind of rough. Um, but I, 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 I'm not going to like, if these were the only ones I had seen and I didn't know there was more coming out, I, I would not like, be that interested in <laughs> the series. Right. If I yeah. didn't know that things got better. Right. Right. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know what you're thinking, but I, I'm giving the slight edge to the sequel in this case, just because the first one I found very boring. And mm-hmm. even though they try, I know they're trying to do more with the story. Like they're trying to have uh, an interesting dynamic between Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. They're trying to have Vin Diesel's crew of, of family members, like uh, have like a, you know, a kind of a, a real world backstory to them and I get that they're trying to do it, but it just didn't land for me yet. And mm. it, it's very earnest. And I'm just not like I, I know Scott Tobias said they they abandoned the street racing subculture of the first movie. But I wasn't interested in that subculture. Like, right. I don't care about street racing, illegal street racing. So this it, the second one, at least I don't I'm not saying it's a better movie per se. I think it's I do think it's better directed. I think John Singleton does a better job than Rob Cohen. But um it's it's not a good movie, but I I I got more cheesy enjoyment out of it, right? Like it doesn't take itself seriously, and I just had more fun with it. Yeah, uh, I am in the same boat, and I nice. I came into Fast and Furious was the lowest on my list, but it was the only one I had seen once, and l- much like you with the first Fast and Furious, I could not have told you anything about this except yeah. that Tyrese crashes the the car onto the boat at the end of the movie, um, and. Yeah, that that was about all I remembered from this movie. Um, but I had I, I had a blast watching Too Fast, Too Fast. Yeah. And I, I went into it being like, this is good. I'm this is all right, I just got to like eat my vegetables on this because I know we're going to get into some better stuff. soon. that's how I felt, too. And um, so I was I was very pleasantly surprised. And with the first Fast and Furious, it's again, it's it's the prequel to the Fast and the Furious. You, like you could read like the novelization of it. Just yeah. To get yourself up to speed on like what you need to know going forward. Um, but yeah, the movie itself, I was just kind of, um, it, yeah, it was just kind of boring and, um, I, am not that into, I'm not into, uh, into street racing really. So yeah. I don't care if I'm watching a, a 12 minute long racing scene that's edited like that. So, Hey, how, how's um, this for a pun point fake point fake. Yes. I yeah, wonder if anybody used that as a, 
as a headline. That, that would be um, a great like Rex Reed review of this. Um, uh, on the Wikipedia page, it said uh, that somebody called this the quick and the dead with skid marks. So there's, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're in a if you're in a shootout in the middle of an old western town, you may end up with some skid marks just yeah. from fear. But um, yeah, I, I'm excited to to see what else we get here um, and how, what you think of the rest of the movies. Cause I do think that no matter what, I think they're all interesting. I don't think any yeah. of them are just like, y- y- I don't think you're going to be as bored as you were during the fast and the furious during any of the rest of them, I would guess. Okay. Know? But I guess we'll see. That's for you to decide. So, um, all right. Well that, uh, any last thoughts on either of these movies? So rankings for both of us right now, two and then one. Yeah, two and then one. Surprising. Like, um, I was not expecting that, but I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, the the only other thing I wanted to mention was just what I think is what uh, Brian says right before they crash the car into the boat, uh, which is, we're doing this big, Rome, you with me, bro. And <laughs> I just, I don't know. It. It made me laugh. I don't know why. It's, that's what we're doing. We're doing we're this doing podcast this big, big. Yeah. Doing it big, Rome. You Mac, with you me, with, bro. You with me, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know how you like them apples, but I think that they're nice and mashed. So. Yeah, they're fine. They're, these are like, yeah. uh, um, what are those good apples? What are the ones uh, that? Oh, Honeycrisp. Honeycrisp. Yeah. This yeah. is like a, yeah, it's a Honeycrisp apple right now. Yeah. I don't know if this is quite a, should we rank these Brayburn. on apples? Yeah. It's a yeah. We've got a, as long as like, like the, like the fast, and the furious is like a golden delicious. And, yeah. Which ironically, uh, like the, the ones called delicious are the worst apples, but uh, uh, I like red. I think red delicious are kind of underrated. Gold delicious is the worst. I think yeah. we can agree. I mean, so. maybe it's, maybe it's that the fast and the furious is a gold delicious and too fast. Too furious is a red delicious. What um, if Goodwill Hunting had been the movie that spawned nine sequels <laughs> that got progressively more ridiculous? Like, where the first one is fairly grounded, and then now we're on like two. He's like good, a CIA uh, agent. He's he's becomes Jason Bourne. Yeah, um, he's super smart. He's he's technically psychic now, and uh, and Ben yeah. Affleck has become the accountant. Yeah. Right? Wow. Wasn't maybe. That, okay. Yeah. Well, let's maybe. Yeah, maybe that's all the same universe. The then. Cinematic universe, or or he's become Batman, one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we um, can get right. Robin Williams in like Insomnia wrapped in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, or Hook, either one. <laughs> yeah, prequel. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, we're gonna do two more movies on the next one. So we're gonna do Tokyo Drift. We're we're going from L.A. to Miami. Now we're going to Tokyo next. And then Fast and Furious. So don't watch the Fast and the Furious again. Watch the fourth one, Fast and Furious. Um, confusing. I'm curious if these are going to come streaming. So Two Fast and Furious and The Fast and the Furious, if you, we inspired you to rewatch them. They're both on HBO Max. Yep. Um, Tokyo Drift, I do not believe, is streaming anywhere. I'm looking that up right now. And let's see. Yeah, Fast the only Fury. other one that HBO has is Hobbs and Shaw, which we've got right. a little while Just, before we get to. Yeah, that's the newest one. It'll be gone uh, by the time we get there, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, these, so it looks like you can watch Tokyo Drift on like AMC Plus um, or Sling TV with uh, if you're subscribed to that. So not really anywhere. I'm not. And Fast and Furious, uh, same thing. It's oh, Fast and Furious is on USA, but you're gonna have to watch that with, with commercials. So I refuse. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, so I recommend checking out your local library. You can usually get Blu-rays and DVDs there. 
Yeah, that's a good way to watch it. That's a good um, point. Yeah. Um, I have the Rob Cohen uh, letterboxed page up, and he's made some funny movies. He made Daylight, which I actually really like Daylight. Uh, or at least I did when I was in, like, sixth grade. I don't know if it's still any good. I had to watch Daylight in uh, high school uh, film studies class. <laughs> and if I told you the rest of the movies we had to watch in film studies, uh, uh, the remake of The Haunting – you remember that the 1999 mm. haunting? Yeah, I, I saw Lee that Mason. in the theaters. Yep, horrible, horrible movie. So it was basically like we just had an English teacher who volunteered to teach film studies, also, and she just showed us movies that she liked, which included The Haunting and Daylight. <laughs> uh, did you like Daylight when you saw it? I, I wasn't really a fan, unfortunately. People getting, people getting stuck in a tunnel. It's uh, just Rob, weird because if you she did it to show like the, an example of the disaster movie genre. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other disasters. Yeah, there's so many better there. ones than that. Yeah. More iconic. Um, also, he made Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Oh, uh, oh okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Are, that is what they're watching in the movie. Um, oh, they were watching Dragon. I knew they were watching some yes. sort of like kung fu movie. Rewound it. And I, I'm... Um, I didn't like look it up, but I rewound the scene to watch it again. And that's what I said to Sarah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's dragon. The Bruce Lee story, mm. which I loved growing up. Like yeah, I, I rented dragon. that many times. You know, who's in dragon, the Bruce Lee story, an actor who's uh, been in the news recently. Paul Racy from the sound of metal. Was oh, that's also, right. He's, yeah, he just plays bad guy in dragon, bad the Bruce guy. Lee story. Okay. So, uh, and then Rob Cohen also did triple X. So, Yes. One year later, he reunited with Vin Diesel. Triple X, I guess, could have been the movie that spawned nine sequels. So. Yeah, glad it didn't. Yeah, and uh, Hurricane Heist. So he went back to the Hurricane well with. Heist. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of semi trucks driving away from a hurricane on the poster. So, uh, this has been the deep dive into Rob Cohen's uh, letterbox profile. Not quite as strong as John Singleton. No, although I feel like John Singleton after Boys in the Hood. Yeah, he had no, nothing he had a little bit of a of a dip too, but like he's got some other decent mm-hmm. stuff in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, he came out strong. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I don't know when we'll be back with another one, but we are trying to squeeze all of these in before Furious Nine comes out, which is June twenty fifth, and it's May first. Officially May. Now. Um, oh, do so we I, need to post that uh that meme, the, the Justin Timberlake, <laughs> Justin meme? Timberlake. I, I think I've yeah. seen him. I think I've seen our people have already done it. I haven't seen it Basically. yet. I thought maybe it's over this year. Hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure not. Um, so yes. Happy May rabbit, rabbit, Mac. Do you ever, have you ever said rabbit, rabbit when you wake up in the, you heard that you're supposed to say rabbit, rabbit first thing when you wake up at the beginning of a new month. I don't think I've ever heard that. Why is yeah. that? Uh, I don't know. It's supposed to give you good luck. I remember hearing it in like seventh grade and I've never been able to successfully like wake up and say it. Um, maybe I'll try to do it tomorrow. Or today. And then your whole life will change. Yeah. Everything will. I mean, yes, everything will be better. I'll be too vaxxed, too serious. And rabbit, rabbit. So, uh, all right. Well, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the ludicrous song and we'll see you back here for Tokyo drift sometime soon. Better bros. Home 
what you gon' do? Act a fool. Somebody broke in and cleaned out your crib. Boy, what you gon' do? Act a fool. Just bought a new pair. Apparently, Frankie Muniz owned this Jetta. I thought you were going to say Frankie Muniz was going to play Jesse, <laughs> which I could definitely <laughs> see. I hope he joins the family in the next one. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, Jesse's like brother. They could bring him in. As or no, just like Vin Diesel drops out and they just replace him with Frankie mm-hmm. Muniz and act like nothing happened and yeah. everyone's calling him Dom. Oh man, all right, we need to start recording because there's this is gold. <laughs> this is gold. Actually, we are recording. Maybe I'll put this in at some point. <laughs> That's the that'll be the after credits. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we do need a post credit. Uh, post credit scene. Pre pre roll post credit. Actually, scene. hold on. Before before we start, let me go refill this because I I was drinking it earlier.